We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of... I guess it's not in the District of Columbia. We're in Las Vegas. It you, is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia, though. It, that's... As a matter yeah, of fact, that's yeah. correct. It um, is seven oh three here in Las Vegas. Yo, it's it's no lie early, early for Vegas. Yeah. We I, only walk five miles to get here. I've never I have been up this early in Las Vegas, but I've never gone to bed and woken up this early. I'm, in uh, Las Vegas. I've, I've woke up this early. I've played some golf with some idiots at these early morning times. I'm like, why would we come to Vegas and have seven thirty and eight o'clock tea time? Correct. Um, why, why not wait till one? So there's a lot going on. We are at Radio Row in Las Vegas. We are in, I believe, the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Yes. Um, it's kind of dead. With the Mandalay Bay, Delano, and Four Seasons Resort. Okay, terrific. Um, I, you and I have worked a bunch of Radio Rows. This is pretty dead right now, but it's also 7 a.m. Well, on Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday is a little slow. Uh, thir- well, Wednesday evening it starts to pick up a little bit. Thursday and Friday. It's a madhouse. Right. I'm, if anybody's I'm listening right now. I'm quite excited to leave Thursday afternoon. Anybody listening right now, you don't hear much background noise. Sure. You're going to hear a hell of a lot of it on Thursday and Friday. I, I want to, before I forget later this week, just really send, send my heartfelt thanks out to my daughter's school for always planning events on Super Bowl weekend. Uh-huh. Um, clearly a lot of foresight with the planning. Um, to get you out of <laughs> Vegas quick? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, dude, remember last year I had to go back early from Arizona. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I, I look forward to the father-daughter I, dance I every wondered, year. Uh, like, are there any football fans, real football fans at your daughter's school? I, you know, we're not going to talk about it. I think that's the only way to really go forward with Just that. Just ask me the question. I'll talk about it. <laughs> um, Although I do like them. So, B, you know, before we get completely derailed, as Landfill is convinced, I think there is so much to kind of break down from Dan Quinn's introductory press conference yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold One on. One thing, he, he, he talks a lot. Yo, and for sure. I, I mean, but the thing about it, he wasn't—he wasn't giving you those stock BS answers. No, he was really answering questions, and I like that about him. Totally. Let's let's—we're going to start every day this week with a simple question to Professor Landini, the chief BS officer. Nobody understands you and I, as far as the radio is concerned, better than Landfill. Um, Landfill, frankly, I think we both sound fine. I sound fine, but you this sound is terrible. This is the uh, official B. Mitch and Finley in Vegas for the week. Poll brought to you by Chris Kerwin's underpants. Landfill, who sounds worse? Uh, you, JP. <laughs> I sound normal, dude. Correct. That is worse than Beamage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can't say that I sound worse. I just sound normal. You sound yeah. a little. You sound a little. A uh, little bit. I, I, one, I don't think I do. I think I sound normal. Two, I blame you. I tried to go to bed and you gave me a hard time. Like okay, it was on. midnight. You, just let me go to sleep. How you, eh? How old are you? Why do you? Why does? Why is any of this? Relevant? He's forty-two. How old are you? Forty-two. Okay. Phillips is probably the same age, a little older than you. No, Phillips, I think, is like 37, 38. All right. Philly, how old are you? How old are you? 
Phillips okay. is 39. Phillips is 39. Again, it, it, what do you say, like, objection, conjecture or something? Well, but None of this makes we any sense. We were hanging out with 61-year-old grandpa and a 55-year-old grandpa, and you the mop. In Lanfield, you go to Vegas. I you, do believe you were the only grandpa there last night. Bees is one, too, I think. I don't think so. Okay, Maybe. well, well, you were hanging out with grandpa and an old man, all right? And then he said, well, I was hanging out about an hour with you all. You were trying to leave after 35 minutes. Why does that matter? Because Just, am, I so, am I so central to the fun to be had that I'm not allowed to leave? But the thing is, let me leave. I just have a problem with you, and it, it, it goes back. Uh, let's have some drinks after work. Uh, y'all know after, after this drink right here, as soon as he touches before he takes a sip, I'm <laughs> leaving after this drink. You can't suggest go do something and then be the first guy trying to leave. I, Landfill, can we get a ruling, please? I think I should be able to leave. That's uh, standard JP procedure. But don't offer to go, let's have some drinks. He said, let's have drinks after work. You should say, let's have a drink after work, and it'll be better. We had a few drinks last night. I tried to leave. You gave me a mountain of grief and bullied me into staying. What you were trying to do is go to sleep all early to wake up this morning and tell everybody, look how BB sound. Well, I sound good. I had the same drinks. That wasn't my plan, honestly. Whatever. Lanfrey, I'm I'm already on the pace. To be on the over. Oh, you're wow. going to smash the over, dude. Now, it, I'm not trying to judge you because I'm also going to smash the over. People, <laughs> He's going to smash his over after he shoots his number, which um, is 107. I think people sleep on – I don't know the right way to say this, um, and I know a lot of people listen. So, you know what? I'm just going to back off that line. <laughs> um, <laughs> How easy they are to go down. Um, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where I was headed. So, one thing that was very cool, I don't know if um, – Everybody in D.C. heard this last night. And Normally, I listen to the junks in the morning, but considering they're on at 3 a.m. here, I didn't really get to listen today. Yeah. Um, shout out to our guy, Chris Kerwin from NBC4, who's here, who worked media night solo last night. That is not We a, got the CK back home and CK right here. That's right. Are you a cluster buster too, Kerwin? <laughs> Stays busting clusters. <laughs> um, but Kerwin went to media night last night and got to ask um, Kyle Shanahan a question about Yo, what does DC have in Adam Peters and in Dan Quinn? And Kyle was really high on that, and I think that has value. We're going to play that audio yeah. a, a, a little later. Um, but, B, it, it's interesting. I want to get into Dan Quinn. I want to get into everything he said. But just let's try to real quick set the scene. So if anybody's ever been to Radio Row, they all look the same. You're in some giant conference center, yeah. And there's a billion radio tables, and then like the bigger TV stuff. network shows kind of ring the outside. Um, this, to me, as much as it's the Vegas Super Bowl, and I know there's going to be wild amount, wild amount of juice this weekend. Yeah, feels pretty regular right now. But it is. If you've been to them, they all start about like this, and then as the week goes on, it begins to pick up. Yeah. But the ultimate thing is like. <laughs> You have to understand, we're in the same hotel we're staying in. Thank and God. You imagine on, if we had I'm, to get over here? Uh, like, I don't think we would have made it. <laughs> and I'm trying to find out how many steps I'm already at, Jay, because this thing is getting us. Yeah, you walk around in Vegas, man. Okay, um, we're at 1.4 miles. No. From walking in here last night and now. Oh, from last night. But we didn't walk but to the hotel. Well, I, we live in the, at the end of the hallway. Yeah. All the way at the end. My room so is So I'm right at 1.4 miles at nice. 710 in the morning. All right. Um, well, 1010 in the morning. We There is a ton of signage here, like Super Bowl signage, and there is a giant. I do like the Mahomes. They have a Mahomes, Kelsey, 
Purdy Debo sign on one side. Um, it, it's interesting as this thing is kind of unfolding, and you wonder if the league is trying to lean into Purdy promotion because the quarterbacks are always well, they always lean into the quarterback promotion, and you got the way he's played this year. You have to give him credit. For sure. You know, and I, I was listening to a thing that Kyle Shanahan <laughs> was asked about, and he was, I guess, the owner, York, basically York, was he yeah. had he had answered a question and told somebody when Kyle when he went up to Kyle, he said, "How the quarterbacks are looking?" And they had Jimmy Garoppolo and they had Trey Lance, and they had he said, "Man, number three looks looks the best." So from the beginning, they thought high of Purdy, and I think ultimately, you know. You got to have that mindset, but for the most part, if a guy comes in and he's just outright better than everybody, it shouldn't make a difference at that point. But when you try to force feed the guy because we draft him in a certain part, that can screw a whole football team up. Um, because players know, players always know, locker room always knows. There's your boy Peter King, B. Um, I'll leave you in charge of booking him. Although he sound looks like he needs a cough drop. Um. I feel like his shoe's too big, too. <laughs> Wearing those hokas, man. Wearing those shoes like my boy Jerome always got about an inch space in the back, but he says his size. <laughs> I guess he gets to try to make people think he got big feet. It's interesting with Purdy because I've heard that, too, now. The Kyle's gone on the record and say that he, he thought Purdy was the best in that preseason. Yeah, but the owner will be like, damn, we drafted that number one, and we traded for this dude, and that guy's the best? Well, I wonder, <laughs> honestly <clears> – <throat> If there was any of that with Sam this past year with the, with the commanders, because Ron decided it was going to be Sam's team, and honestly, we I mean we all watched preseason games. I watched every training camp practice. I wonder if Jacoby had really stood out then, if it would have looked different. It doesn't matter now, but um, but see the thing about that it, was man. never a real competition. It wasn't a competition, but the whole thing about it, narratives are, pl- are always started up, and people normally follow whatever the narratives are. Uh, if one guy is getting all the reps and other guys getting a, a little bit of a small portion of them, we're going to automatically we'll find a way to make the guy that they want to be the starter the starter. I'll just say this: the moment Jacoby stepped into the offense, you saw how that offense supposed to be worked. I, I would have to say if anybody is truthful with themselves, if they look at Jacoby the way he did in the games he got in, if he had played the whole year, it would have been a, a, a difference. I'm not going to say a great difference, but it would have been a difference. I don't know if we know that, but certainly when he came in, it looked better. I'm just saying the way but he – But there were times where it looked good with Sam too. It just, yeah, it, it was, was broken early on. Point. But the whole thing about it is you, in that offense, you cannot second guess. You have to be able to – First guess and let the ball go, and that's what Jacoby did. Sam, we we were talking about the we gave every reason we could early on in the season, but as you looked at it, you saw people running open, but he would not release the ball unless he saw a certain amount of space. The best of the best in this league throws people open. Sure, and and we didn't see that, and I don't think. Let's and do this. Let's I, borrow I, I like Sam. Yeah, me too. You know, um, but the whole thing about it is we can't sit here. And make excuses as to why the guy didn't do something. Sometimes it's just the, f- the fact that the person did not go out there and do what he's supposed to do in the in the, uh, the fashion that he's supposed to do it. Here's what we know now: none of that matters. Like whatever was wrong with the offense last year, yeah, 
odds are they're they're moving on completely from all of it. Yeah. Dan Quinn let us know yesterday that Eric Bieniemy won't be back. He didn't have to say that. We already knew that. Sure. Jacoby Brissett is a free is set for free agency. I wouldn't expect him back with the number two overall pick. I think you'd be nuts to think they're not selecting a quarterback. Um, now that they've hired Cliff Kingsbury, there's a mountain of speculation that they're going to try to get Caleb Williams. Um, which, if Caleb Williams is there at number two, I'm all for it. To give up draft picks to move one spot, that's a little different. What, I mean, and if you were to do that, you meant to make damn sure he's a can't miss, which nobody ever is going into the draft. Like, maybe Peyton Manning was. But think about – Yeah, but you look at his first year. Like, this is, the, this is what I'm concerned about. Peyton Manning was drafted, and his first year he threw more interceptions probably than touchdowns. And he, he set a rookie record for but interceptions. they were not leaving him, not getting rid of him because they had drafted him. He is allowed And he throw. also showed a lot. I asked this question. We drafted a guy in the first round. What's the expectation in D.C.? I, we, have a, we have a different level of expectation when we deal with quarterbacks than most cities do. Well, I just wonder – I I don't know the answer to this. You like to think – and maybe the fan base just cannot do this, but ideally the expectations kind of change now. If they should, but I think – but I, I don't have an issue with it per se because I believe ownership is going to let you know off the bat we are sticking with whoever we pick. Unlike over the last two to three years, four years, and some years prior – even the coaches were not supporting the starting quarterback consistently. So if that's happening, how the hell am I expect the fans to do it? Dude, it's they a, were changing. Like my mom really said, you change point. like you change underwear. They the, were changing their ideas like they change underwear. The last time a coach truly supported the quarterback in this city, I, I guess in at home, I, I got to guess – the last time a coach truly supported the quarterback. I guess Ron kind of did this past year. Although he undercut him a little, but he yeah. he tried like hell to, to keep Sam as the guy. He tried. Dude, I mean, it wasn't Ron with any of the other guys. Ron no. tried with Carson. Uh, yeah, he tried. Which was a disaster. But that that he quickly got backed off of that, too. Dude, I think the last time a, a coach truly supported the quarterback, and this is – I'm not making a joke, but I, it's kind of funny. When Shanahan staked his reputation on John Beck and Rex Grossman. That was not very smart. I'm a, I'll tell but you t- this. But listen, when, when Robert hit, they were all going sideways the whole time. Jay when, never liked Robert or Kirk. But Jay when, wanted Colt. When Kyle designed an offense to fit Robert's strength, sure, that's supporting a damn quarterback. And then but Robert that didn't quarterback like it. decides that I want to do something that I'm not capable of. You know, here I am. I'm I'm Randall Cunningham. I want to be. I now want to be Tom Brady. Well, that comes with a lot of studying, a lot of uh, being able to read defenses and all that stuff prior to the snap, understanding concepts. And he hadn't done that. You know, he was a guy who would drop back, didn't start reading, and say, "Okay, I'm gonna be athletic on this thing." It is remarkable to think. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, at that point, you had Kyle Shanahan in D.C. really revolutionize the NFL by putting that read option package in. And, I mean, that was happening all over college football, but it just wasn't happening in the league. Kyle puts it in. They find all that success. Then they get into a little bit of a swoon. Defenses kind of figure it out. But the other part of that, we all remember the read option part. 
But the one read passing game where Kyle would stack one side, get a one-on-one on the other, and that's all you had to do was go right there. I mean, that was truly revolutionary. And then I, I think it was halfway through that season, Harbaugh benches Alex to go to Kaepernick, and then I think, I'm relying on memory here, but I think it was Greg Roman was the OC for the Niners, and then he starts putting in the the, <clears throat> the same package for Cap in San Fran. They, have, they eventually go to a Super Bowl with it, but it is crazy to think then, and that was the 12 season, this is the 23 season, this was only 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. One, how much Kyle has grown, what what that dude has been through, and two, just how much the league has changed in regards to everything with the quarterback. Yeah. But, B, I don't know if you saw this, and this shocks me. (coughs) I want to get into everything Dan Quinn said yesterday, but did you see – so Jim Harbaugh is obviously coaching now the Chargers. Yeah. I saw this yesterday. I want to almost confirm it in case I'm crazy. Did you see who they hired to be the O.C.? In with the Chargers? Nope. Greg Roman. <laughs> you, you know got what? Justin Herbert, who's you have Justin a Herbert, pretty prototypical but I think pocket passer. The ultimate thing is Greg Roman won't have final say in everything there. Sure. Jim, Har- I mean Jim Harbaugh gonna have a lot to do with that. And the thing of it is, you know they they ran the ball too damn much in Roman's offense with Lamar. Okay, but I think in this offense. You're going to see a lot of what you saw in Michigan. They're going to have a running game. But sure. you better damn well use your, Justin Herbert at his arm strength and also his, his mobility, you know. So, I, I listen, man, the thing I, I like about just like I'm looking at Washington set up, we got coaches that people can't stand because they're judging them as a head coach. They're not sitting at head coach anymore. Kingsbury. Yeah. And then you, the fact that what uh, we look at um, Quinn right now, he's not stuck now trying to be the play caller. And also run everything. He has a former head coach's office coordinator. He has a guy in Witt who's been very good in Dallas. So you got more people to take stuff off your plate. But I think his leadership qualities and his enthusiasm is what's going to help more. Look at Dan, uh, Dan Campbell right there in um, in, in, in Detroit. Detroit. He is he basically had, you know, Ben and also uh, AG. So he can just be the coach right. and be the leader. And other people take a lot off your plate. And I think that's the ultimate thing. We have to look at this thing because now people are now going to be able to focus on what they're supposed to do. I know somebody said it yesterday about this uh, position flex stuff that we were listening to all the time. If they're not great at one, they shouldn't be playing another position. Right. If you're proving that you're outstanding at one position, then I can understand trying to get you to learn something else. But we went into it, oh, we want this guy to play a lot of positions. Well, he's going to be average at all of them. I want somebody to be great at a position. All right, here's what I'd like to do. Let's get into the Dan Quinn press conference from yesterday. I was there. Everybody listened. Everybody watched. Um, I I contend whatever you thought of the Dan Quinn hire, if you were at a 6 out of 10 or a 70 out of 100 or a 7,800 out of 1,000, whatever you were, you should like it a little bit more. At 340, I was still listening. Yeah, and that it was a long one. It was a long one, dude. <laughs> There's going to be some serious transcribing going on in Ashburn. Um, I want to get into the Dan Quinn presser, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, I, I do want to pass along. I'm just seeing this for the first time. I don't know how long this has been out. Some sad news. Um, 
Toby Keith. You know Toby Keith, yeah. the country singer? Yeah. Passed away. Wow. 62 years old, fighting cancer. Did not know he was that old. Um, Toby Keith's got some bangers, man. Ain't as good as I once was. But, uh, but I'm as good as I ever was once. Right. Um, <laughs> safe home, Toby That was Keith. John Thompson's song right there, brother. I know, I know. Yeah. It's got, I mean, what people don't realize about Big John is he loved country. Oh, bro, John knew more country music than anybody would think about. Um, safe home to Toby Keith. We are just getting started, breaking down Dan Quinn's opening press conference from yesterday when we return. Be Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Football fans, FanDuel has the perfect way for everyone to get in on the Super Bowl 58 action with a no-sweat same-game parlay. But when you bet on the Super Bowl on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. America's number one sportsbook has all your favorite bets like money line and spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. Listen, I mean, when you look at this, if Pat Mahomes is getting points, you normally take that. I'm going to be leaning that direction. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. So start building your own adjust bet or a popular same-game parlay already made for you in America's number one sports book. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner, 1067 The Fan. He has to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. Minimal, minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires seven days after receipt. Match refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan, live, Las Vegas, baby, Vegas, uh, at Radio Row, starting to fill in a little bit. Yep. Um, that was Kyle Shanahan you just heard talking about Dan Quinn and Adam Peters, the new power brokers in Washington. Um, that was credit uh, Mr. Chris Carwin, who was, best Grr. I could tell, the only D.C. photog at media night last night. Um, that's how you get sound like that is you send a guy like Chris Carwin. Um, B, what um, – what do we make that if you believe in Kyle Shanahan and the Niners' success, mm-hmm. which is pretty obvious at this point, um, Adam Peters played a big role in that. Dan Quinn hired Kyle mm-hmm. many years ago now. Um, Kyle says that Dan Quinn is the type of dude to run a building the way you want it run. Adam Peters is vital to our operation and building the successful yeah. team the Niners have. Do you buy it all? I buy it. I buy it because I look at the stops that Peters has had, and everywhere he was, there was a lot of success. I'm not, I'm not saying he did everything, 
but he picked up on things. And you can see where he started in the San Fran. It was a little slow, but then he built it up. Uh, as everyone gets mad at the coaching hires, <laughs> I hear that a lot. A lot of people get mad. I look at the most important person in the building is probably Adam Peters when you look at the football operations. He's the guy that's going to be deciding on what type of people to put together, what type of format. So let's look at the San Francisco 49ers. What do we complain about uh, with Washington right now over the last few years? Linebacker play, okay? We uh, had play secondary play. So Pass now rush. you got two people that were involved with a defense that had great secondary. With He was coaching secondary, and you got Quinn. Then you look at the linebackers at the 49ers. They didn't draft anybody in the first round. Greenlaw and also the other kid. Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Those were third and fourth or fifth rounders. Look how they play. Yeah. So you get the right people. And this this game of football is not picking a guy who's already ready. It's developing guys who sure. you pick and having the right type of mindset. So as people get mad, I keep asking the question, how happy were you when Adam Peters was hired? He's still in the building, right? So if he's going to be the guy picking the people. He was on the podium yesterday. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> picking the people. I would believe that overall you have a better chance of having success than you've had. Landini, let's go to number six. Uh there was damn near uh, a Lollapalooza in D.C. when they hired Adam Peters. Everybody was very happy with that hire. Um, I'm going to number six, Landfill. This is Adam Peters talking about when, why, how he knew Dan Quinn was the right guy to lead this team. Every time we spoke with Dan, it became more and more clear that he was the guy. And we interviewed him twice, and both times it's like we're speaking the same language. And it was really, really cool. Had a great connection, had a great shared vision. So it was almost right away that I knew Dan would be the great coach for us. That's Adam Peters. Yeah. So if it was a, if you'd say, yo, we believe in Adam Peters no matter what, then I, I don't think – Lanville, give me number five. This is Josh Harris, the new owner, who there legitimately have been parties all over the city that he owns the team now and not Dan Snyder. Yeah. Um, Josh Harris repeatedly said that, that Dan Quinn impressed him throughout this process. Josh Harris talking about Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, Dan came in with a real vision for um, how to build a cohesive staff that worked together. Uh, you know, I think it is more than just one person. Uh, it's a front office that works together uh, r with everything, analytics, sports science, player development, player selection, and then it's a coaching staff that brings a lot of both leadership and culture, but also play calling and innovation. Uh, and, and, and Dan really had all that in his head. He had a plan. and. Uh, he's got a few more, you know, you saw this weekend, but he's got a few more tricks up his sleeve. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was really impressive. So, Harris is impressed. Peters is impressed. Mm -hmm. Landfill, do we have Jeffrey this morning? How's Jeff doing? He's here. Okay, good. I, I want to, before we get to Dan Quinn, because I, I thought, frankly, Dan Quinn was fairly impressive yesterday. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I've said this already. I think whatever you thought of the hire, after listening to Dan, you feel a little bit better. And this is, uh, to borrow your kind of phrase, B, Dan Quinn's going to have to show me, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to see it on the field this fall. Mm -hmm. But 
I can understand why he impressed them in this process. He's yeah. it, you can feel that charisma, that energy. Yep. And and I think that stands out. But I think the thing of it is the whole deal, I think, we look at Ben Johnson was that very, very sexy and beautiful woman that you want to ask out for a date. Yep. And then you walk over to her and you ask her to go out. And when she opens her mouth, you re- you regret asking her to go out <laughs> because her her conversation, her dialect and dialogue does not match what she looks like. You're like, what the hell is this? Maybe that's what happened. Dan walks in and he's the the the, the above average girl, but when he starts to speak, you say, okay, she she speaks my language. She knows me. She can talk to me about more than one thing. And I think that's how that thing worked out. Because a lot of times we look at people and say, this is the person. We don't know that until, think about it. They spent, that man leads a group that spends $6 billion for a team. So when you sit down and you start listening to people talk, you're like, okay, this guy was the guy we wanted, but he seems clueless. The other guy is saying what we believe and what we think. You can partner with that. As we've stated, we wanted to see what the connection is going to be from top to bottom. And I think you can understand by listening to Peters, listening to Josh, then you listen to him. Sound like the same language being spoken, right? So I want to get into specifically what Dan Quinn said yesterday. But before we do that, because it'll, for a lot of our listeners. When he started off, I almost ran off the road. <laughs> for a lot of our listeners, they probably didn't hear the whole thing yesterday. But I know Lamphill and Jeff, listen, Lamphill, did Dan Quinn yesterday make you more excited about the hire. Uh, yeah, I, I liked I enjoyed the press conference. I thought he did a good job there. I liked uh, some of the answers that he was giving. I liked that he seemed to remember a lot of people's names. That uh, was something that I noticed. I liked that he only said culture once. Uh, that was another thing that I noticed. I think he had uh, clearly thought out answers. Um, he did kind of talk a lot. You know, maybe maybe some of the long windedness. I would not enjoy, but yeah, it made me it made me more confident in uh, in Dan Quinn as a coach. Sure. What about you, Jeffrey? What'd you think of uh, Dan Quinn? You feel a little better about it now? Uh, it definitely moved the needle. Uh, before the before the press conference yesterday, and we talked, I said it, it was going to be a lot of cliches, but you could hear what when we listen to how he communicate his thoughts, we will be able to tell if he's really fired up for this job or if he's just in it for a check. You could tell yesterday he he really likes Washington, and that's something that we need here. And I'm still on the wait and see, but I'm moving back into my optimism. My optimism is coming back, JP. I think I'm going to have to bring Ashburn Syndrome back out. That a boy. I I never left. Yeah, I I highly doubt it ever left, (laughs) Joe. I do think, though, yesterday was a good day for the organization. Let me ask you a question. When he started obviously, I – my, I always want to be where my feet are. Did you go, hold on, we're not going down this avenue. But I, I hear a lot of coaches say it. But when it's he an said, NFL saying, but yes. when he said that. I was like, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. And then he kept talking. I was like, okay, cool, cool. He, like, I almost my dad wa- would say that. I almost wonder if he sensed, like, oh, something wasn't right with that line. Because <laughs> everybody was just like, <laughs> Like, the collective groan throughout the DMV when but he said military be where your people feet say are. that a lot. I get it. Yeah. But. What I liked, frankly, was twofold when he said, 
listen, I curse a lot. I'm trying my best not to curse, but at least all the radio and television people that were broadcasting it live knew they were going to have to bleep something. And then he went for it. Yeah, but <laughs> doing hard stuff with good people, I'm with that. I mean, hell, I feel like we do that four hours a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think – I think that is admirable, and that is something. Man, listen, football and uh, military, the conversation does not go, well, hi, how are you doing today? They have certain levels in how they speak, and sometimes it just has to come out. Yeah. I mean, to hell with all that stuff about being perfect. Nobody's perfect. I don't – I'm not trying to drag Ron, right, because – there's a lot of good that Ron did organizationally, and, and I applaud how Ron carries himself. But because Ron is always looking to be his best at all times, I would say, at a certain point, it, it starts to feel a little like he's a politician. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you, if you look, some things are calculated. Yeah. And when they're calculated, you, you have to start asking yourself the question, does he really think that? Quinn did not feel calculated. Yeah. He seemed normal to me. And honestly, it probably is a little calculated, right? Like, you don't get to be an NFL head coach a second time without being able to play the game a little bit. And I think when you look at the Lions, when you look at Dan Campbell, I think a lot of his meathead, bite kneecaps, blah, 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 I think some of that's calculated. But but the thing I, I think but both, it, it's real to them, and then it becomes real to the players. But doesn't both of those guys seem like they are being who they are? Yeah. Okay, and I think what happens in, in, in this world, if you are on-off wishy-washy, people stop believing in what you're saying. But if you are the same person all the time, so I guess being consistent is a calculation, but you're being consistently who you are. But when you're one person one day, another person another day, another person that afternoon, people start to say, Nothing this guy say I can believe in. All he's saying is BS. It, and I think he came across to me very much like Dan Campbell, but not as out there as Dan is. Yeah. But he's I, close to it. Yeah, I agree. And I almost wonder if Dan Campbell's success has made it easier for Dan Quinn to be Dan Quinn. I don't know. Um, what I do know, the cold Washington winter weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready to go the distance? Assure your family's comfort all season long. Call my guys, the five-star heating experts at Crop Metcalf. Not only can your Crop Metcalf five-star technician properly fix and maintain your system, but has the knowledge and experience to catch potential problems before you're left out in the cold. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. And remember, Brian, you want to sing it? Nah, you do that. Crop Metcalf is the one with five stars. Crop Metcalf, <laughs> home of the five-star technician. He's a original-ass dude. Oklahoma guy. I believe Tressway knew him, and I believe Toby Keith has a dope golf course out in Oklahoma. One thing that people wouldn't expect, I believe Toby Keith was, like, a very active uh, supporter of, like, progressive politics. Let me hear the chorus one time, Landfill. 42-year-old J.P. Finley feels this song, man. I bet B. Mitch, though, at 53, feels he's as good as he's ever been. I do. <laughs> Least shocking development of the year. As good as I once was. Uh, thank you for playing that, Landfill. Play as much Toby Keith as you'd like today. Um, 
Something real quick I, I just wanted to point out. Um, I just saw this. Numbers for the NHL All-Star Game, which was – I found this odd. It was played Saturday afternoon. I saw some of it. I, I had it I on. Was, I was like, what the hell is going on? I, I, typically, an All-Star Game is like a Sunday night affair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or in baseball, I guess, is middle of the week. But I was surprised by the time of it. I had it on, um, but I didn't think much of it. I know Tom Wilson was in, but, like, no Ovi, no Backy. It just feels a little different to yeah. me as the Caps are kind of perhaps going a different direction. I believe the NHL All-Star Game averaged about 1.5 million viewers. Brian, Caitlin Clark, the Iowa women's basketball star, she, she plays like Steph Curry for, in the yeah, women's yeah. game. Caitlin Clark played Saturday night in College Park. It was a national Fox audience. Mm-hmm. Iowa, Maryland, women's hoops. 1.58 million viewers. Wow. I mean, to be honest with you, she she is a hell of a draw. But women's basketball has been destroying some of these other sports. Totally. I watched the game, South Carolina, LSU. They destroyed. It was Boston, and I forgot the other team they were playing. They destroyed their numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah I think it was Boston and, like, the the Lakers or the Nuggets. Yeah, whatever it was, they, 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 they shattered it. It is a – it is a – I don't know the right term, but it is clearly a time for women's sports. I think women's soccer and women's hoops are really blowing up. Yeah. And, dude, I kind of like watching it, too. I'm cool with it. Um, all right. I want to have a big Dan Quinn conversation. Uh, Barcel Nate is joining us next. I'm sure Barcel Nate – actually, he was texting me last night. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. He's trying to tell you don't go to sleep. <laughs> Stay up and have a drink and be Mitch. I text him and say, JP, trying to, I had, trying to punk out. All right. I, I had, like – Five drinks with you, and then I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go no, to bed." No, no, you had three with me. Okay, and then you bullied me into another two more. No, one. Baloney. No, you had already had one or two before I got there. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I was making. And that's sure, not counting the ones. I was on the making plate. sure you gave me time to catch up with you. <laughs> um, it's gonna be an interesting week here because at some point the game takes center stage. I, I want to ask you this briefly. Pat Mahomes is the best player on the field Sunday. I think you can make a real argument that Chris Jones is the second best player on the field Sunday. Yeah. After that, you still have Kelsey, but then it's going to be a long line of Niners players. Yeah. Um, This Mahomes stuff with his father, Mm -hmm. it's not for me to get into and pass judgment. I don't know anything. I don't know the situation. I hope everybody's okay, safe, not doing stupid stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. How much of a distraction issue factor is this on Mahomes it for won't Sunday's be game? On Mahomes. You don't think? Because I think players have a, 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 a distinct way of basically focusing on one thing. You know, it's no different than something more serious happened. You know, you've heard when players had parents that passed away or loved ones pass away and they go and play the game and they have the absolute best game in the world. And you're sitting there wondering, how the hell can they focus so much? That is what they've done their whole life. When they're dealing with situations, they jump into what they're doing, their craft. And I think Pat Pat Mahomes has been around long enough to understand that. You know what? And it it wasn't the first time, so I'm sure he's dealt with that before. He just don't want to be asked the questions. He'll tell somebody at one point, listen, I'm here to play football. You can go talk to my dad about that. Kerwin, you were at media night. Were people trying to ask Mahomes about the situation with his dad? 
Okay. Media night is such a zoo that I'm sure people were screaming it from the background. We had downtown Julie Brown, and the question she was asked had nothing to do with football. Now, did, where's that, the famous interview with Gary Clark? There was I, one that, like, is on YouTube that you can go watch. But I'll just tell you, I think that was more distracting than dealing with some personal stuff. I'm like, why the hell are these people asking these dumbass questions? Because it had – there were people there that did – the guy told me, say, I said, where are you from? England. Do you cover football? Never heard of it. And he was there asking questions. So it became like a spectacle. Well, think about I was trying to avoid That was them. 30 years ago. Yeah. What do you think that S is now? It's probably worse. Everybody's trying to get on TikTok. I was trying my best to ignore him. Speaking of people trying to get on TikTok, Barstool Nate joins us next. Now that. All right. You know that song. You know what time it is. It is time to welcome our friend, Mr. Barstool Nate, Eric Nathan, to the program. Nate Dog, how do you do, sir? Landini, we got Nate? Eric, you there? What's up, Nate? Did they hit the button? Can you hear me? No, there you go. What's that? We hear you. What's up, man? How you, are you? You got me now. Cool. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm proud of you boys for being up early in Vegas, sounding like a million bucks. Um, how is it out there? A little cold, right? Uh, look old, not very Vegas-like just yet, but it's coming. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of low-key right now. Um, I, it, you can feel it's starting to get packed. It, one thing that's interesting, and we've done this now, L.A., Arizona, like West Coast Super Bowls, Radio Row is just kind of different because it's so damn early. Yeah, like, you know, a lot, what is it? Probably 65% of the country lives on the East Coast, and because of that, like, I think a show like the Junks. I heard them talking about this earlier this week. They they would start their show at four a.m. or three a.m. three a.m. right because they come on at six. Nobody's going to be here for that. So when you no. when you kind of subtract every early morning East Coast show, maybe not every. I'm sure there's some lunatics doing it. I don't. Hopefully they don't hear me saying that. <laughs> but like it kind of just changes the tenor of Radio Row for the week. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, but I'm glad you guys are there. Hopefully, B takes you out to some, you know, steak dinners, and I don't, I don't know what else you guys even do out there together. Just eat meals and and then go to bed early. We, we research a lot of church. We libraries. research information for the next day to make sure we had our shows yeah, done. You know, Nate, we don't do a lot of hanging. Nate, you know us. We put a lot of time into show prep. Like yeah. I'd argue, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody in our market does more show prep than Brian and I. Whenever I think of Radio Row, I just I I just think of like who are you guys interviewing? Like Jerome Bettis and Curtis Martin. You know, it, that's who I think of when I think of Radio Row. Just like these these guys who were great twenty years ago that you get like a quick six minutes with. Is that what is that what happens? Um, I, you know what? So what happens? And uh, people may enjoy going behind the curtain. They might not. But I do. Um, there are PR people walking around kind of pitching different athletes still stuff. Um, that, that have a deal with some sponsorship group. Um, and a lot of those interviews are worthwhile. Um, I think if you – a lot of times you can get bogged down by the PR people, like pushing – they'll give you like three pages of stuff they claim you and have And they may to. give you a guy that was a third-string lineman on a team that was not good. You don't know what the hell he is. Right. Um, but I think for B and I, we have enough – I'd say relationships with people that if somebody's coming on, we actually want to talk to them. And if you have, say it's 10 minutes for round numbers, 
if it's eight minutes and then you give them 90 seconds to plug whatever they're selling, I, I think it's well worth it. I've done that. Uh, I did that, and I think it was Arizona. I was on the show, and then the guy had this company wanted me to go around talking about the little tape stuff. I did five interviews, 10 Gs, kept moving. Sure, I'm sure you didn't mind it. <laughs> I didn't mind talking about anything they wanted to talk I talked about the football. I can talk about this, whatever you want me to talk about. Um, Nate, more importantly than be making 10 G's working radio row is Dan Quinn yesterday. Um, Way more important. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know that you were wild about the hire, but I think you agree with Brian and I, like once the hires made the, the, how it happened and who got screwed and who messed up and all that becomes less important to me. And it's more about, all right, who is this dude? Can they win games? what do you think of yesterday's presser? I like Dan Quinn a lot. I like his demeanor. I like his attitude. I like the way he's poised and the way he answers questions. He sounds like an, what you want an NFL head coach to sound like. You know, he Ron Rivera has spent the better half of, what, the last four years just giving weird, cliche, high school coach type of answers, saying, we, you know, we like where we are. We're going to check the tape, this and that. Uh, Dan Quinn is the opposite. Dan Quinn sounded more like a coach in a 50-minute press conference than Ron sounded for four years. So, um, you know, maybe he's, he's just like a, a, a football guy in his coaching prime who's just been waiting to get back into the head coaching ranks, uh, and, and he doesn't want to screw it up, you know. Like, he he was good in Atlanta until a very bad thing happened, and it's almost like he had the coaching yips. He never really recovered from that Super Bowl. But it seems everything you read about him, he's liked around the league, um, Players like playing for him. He's a nice guy, but he demands a lot from his guys. The perfect balance. I, I think as a fan base, you know, we got our head ahead of ourselves, me especially with the Ben Johnson height. Maybe Ben Johnson's just not the guy. Maybe he's just he interviewed poorly, they said, and he didn't really want to be in Washington. I Dan Quinn wants to be here. It seems like everybody is on board with him. I I I'm never a huge fan of I call them retreads all the time, guys who are head coaches kind of like got washed out of the league and then come back and then they bounce around the league. He doesn't seem like that guy to me. You know, he's not 85 years old on his 100th gig. He was a head coach in Atlanta, did well, and I'm glad that he's getting a second chance and so far so good with me. I've liked everything he said. See, the thing about the demanding a lot of us out of his players is what I cared about more than anything because I don't think we've demanded a lot out of the players. You know, I, I think that when I listened to him yesterday, he was saying things that was music to my ears. Now, I understand that, you know, it's kind of hard to lose <laughs> press conferences. Yeah. But ultimately, he said the right things. And if we just, like I always say, I can't hold you, hold you to nothing that you didn't say. He, all the things he said, if he lives up to what he said, I expect us to be better. I'm not saying yeah. great, but I 100%. expect us to be better, yeah. A hundred percent agree with you. Uh, it's hard. The bar so low with head coaches here that it's going to be tough not to be better. But he has a big task. You know, he, he has not a great roster, a lot of salary cap room, a brand new GM. Uh, I, I don't know ex- the exact relationship they will have in, you know, choosing players, this and that. Uh, but I, I like that we have all systems in place. Everybody has a defined role now. There's no, there shouldn't be any meddling from ownership into the draft. There shouldn't be any meddling from outside politics into, you know, free agency. It, it seems like we have everything where we want it now. And, and maybe it's just like kind of a patient slash waiting game 
you know, with just the rebuild, which I guess is a bad word now. You can't say rebuild. But, uh, you know, it, if it's not this season, it'll be next season. It, it, a lot has to do with who we get at quarterback at number two, if it works out or if it doesn't. Obviously, a decade of this franchise, you can get whoever you want as head coach or GM or owner. If you don't have the quarterback in place, you don't really have a team. So now that we have everything else in place, let's just hope and pray and do rain dances that we land a quarterback and we get the right guy. Sure, and, and I want to get to that. But for me, I'm curious if you feel the same way, Nate Dog. Um, talking with our friend Barcel Nate here on the BetQL guest line. Um, a lot of what Ron tried to do at maybe not all times but often was control the message, control the narrative, control the optics, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn strikes me as a dude that just doesn't care about that. And, yeah, and I think everybody's ready for that. Yeah, I would say like the less noise from everything else around the team that the head coach has to deal with, the better. You, we've talked about it. Like you don't see anything like what comes came out of Washington on really any other team. Just how toxic everything around the team is. Dan Quinn has no time for that. He doesn't have to be the spokesman. He doesn't have to do the PR spin. It, 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 it's a fresh, you know, just fresh canvas for him. Um, and, and it's great. It, it's going to be confusing when we go weeks in the offseason without talking about a lawsuit or you know, uh, anything like that, you know, ownership and, and team presidents and this and that. We shouldn't know any of these names. We shouldn't have any of these issues. It's build a team, put a winning product on the field. None, nothing else really matters. I think we're very, very close to as close as we've been there in, in 30 years. So – what do you think of the hires? What do you think of the decisions that were made? Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt. I think Joe Witt is the easy one to kind of celebrate, honestly. Um, Dan Quinn's had a ton of offensive success down in uh, – a ton of defensive success, rather, in Dallas. Joe Witt was a mm-hmm. key part of that. And then if you look yep. that he was – uh, that secondary in Dallas has been really good, and they've developed players, which is such an exciting thing to hear. Um, Kingsbury's kind of a different conversation. Let's start with Wit. What do you think of that hire? Uh, I'm with you. It's he has been a defensive back guru everywhere he's been, and it seems that it was time for him to you know just get the call up to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, everything I've read is probably similar to what you've read, and the millions and millions of listeners have read. It doesn't seem like there's one bad thing to say about Joe Witt Jr. I'm excited for him to come in. And not to beat a dead horse, but it can't possibly be like our secondary quite literally could not be worse. So I'm excited to see how we can elevate the guys on the team, especially Emmanuel Forbes, who was put in a very difficult situation as a rookie, as a 112 pound rookie, just being told to cover wide receivers one on one and getting burnt and then benched. I think that was very unfair to him. I think he's still a good young talent and we have the right guy in place now to actually get the best out of him so if you're a young defensive back on this Washington team you're in a very good spot right now I don't know if Forbes is gonna be good but I think he'll be in a better situation and I really like Quan Martin yeah Quan Martin showed something he came through in the end yes definitely 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 all right so let's go to Kingsbury then um all I said to Brian Throughout the process, and I, and I thought it was going to be Ben Johnson, and frankly, I think they thought it was going to be Ben Johnson. Eventually, we're, we're perhaps rewriting history now, but also who cares? 
Um, mm-hmm. But throughout the process, my stance was I lean offense here. I'm not someone that says it has to be offense all the time. I think you, there's a lot of ways to get to the finish line, and you do need to just find the best coach. But in this scenario, I leaned offense because I think they're about to draft a quarterback in number two. And I want yep. somebody that can help that quarterback. Yeah. So they yep. go with Quinn. Fine. Then you hire Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is necessarily a, a real head coach. I don't know that he runs the best offense. But I do believe he speaks quarterback, and therefore I like the hire. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, they don't call him the, what, uh, QB whisperer for nothing. He has worked with <laughs> QBs that have gone on to do great things, including, you know, we saw what Baker did this year, Mahomes, Kyler, uh, Johnny Football, <clears throat> maybe maybe almost a great QB whisperer. But there, there's, there's what, what can you say? Like, Cliff is Cliff. He has his own, you know, aura about him. There's a reason he's – so regarded as a QB coach in the league, there's also a reason he's you know bounced around college, the pro rings, and back and forth. Uh, he has his limitations for sure. But if we're going QB number two, and if there's a chance we get Caleb at all, uh, we have our guy in place to develop a young quarterback. It, it seems he's very trusted throughout the NFL to handle young quarterbacks. Uh, as you said, he, he didn't do great in Arizona as a head coach. He had the one 11-6 season. Besides that, it was more or less failure. But he's not going to be asked to lead the team, you know. Yeah. As you said, he's just going to be asked to lead this offense and uh, hopefully get our QB play as good as it can be. I think you know, Sam Howell would have benefited from a Cliff Kingsbury last season. Um, I, I think a lot of quarterbacks would benefit from a Cliff Kingsbury. So, you know, it, it's an exciting hire. It, it's um, it's an interesting hire for sure. It's definitely, definitely interesting. How about Dan yeah, uh, comparing I, I, Cliff I'm Kingsbury to Kyle? With it. But I, I think ultimately what has happened is this thing has shown us less is more, where these coaches that we have here that many people had an issue with per se is because they have so much on their plate early on. Right now, it's more streamlined to where Quinn is going to be overseeing, and I think he's, he's going to definitely help with, and I think Kingsbury will be doing his own thing, but ultimately, you know, you still have that guy who can lead these guys, and I think the, by not like, – because Richard Pettibone, great defense coordinator, wasn't a great head coach. Right. Some people just can't do the multiple things. I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I ahead. think it's also important that Dan Quinn – trust Cliff Kingsbury. You know, Dan Quinn is coming in to be our football guy, maybe like a little bit of disciplinarian. Kingsbury wouldn't be our offensive coordinator if he didn't have the full trust of everybody that we've talked about. This line that we have now, this very like segmented line where it goes ownership, GM, head coach. Now we're going to go into offensive coordinator slash defensive coordinator and quarterback, like all circled in one. Everybody trusts each other up and down that line is as important as it can get because we don't need these leaks and these politics and people just, you know, going on to Twitter and liking tweets about each other. It's just everybody (laughs) is on the same page for the first time in a long time, and we have to really, really appreciate that as a fan base, that we have that, and just let them cook. Just let them get to work, and at the end, we should have a Super Bowl. You know, like that's the way you have to look at it. If everything – in the machine works correctly, the output should be a winning franchise and a Super Bowl, and that's what we're here for. I think 
I, I'm a, I, I agree with you that this isn't about – I don't think Dan Quinn gives a rip about his legacy. I think he cares about week one against the Panthers or whoever the hell they play. You know what I mean? I, I think at some point this becomes more about football than what it was previously. And, and I yep. think – and, dude, some of – I'm not trying to drag Ron repeatedly here. And Ron was also put in a situation where, because of Dan's BS, he had to be the front, the face of everything. And all that is gone. And I think, like, Harris was up there yesterday and took questions when you asked him, but because they had a GM and a coach, it wasn't so vital to constantly try to get a question into the owner. Yeah. Like, the – the entire paradigm has shifted. You know, this, Josh don't like being in the, in the uh, spotlight. No. He'll come in, say something real quick, back up, and let them do their job. Now, if you ask him and a question, he's kind of funny. See. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't know this, and maybe Jeff can do a deep dive on this for, for me. I'm trying to find out if Dan Quinn has social media at all. Oh, um, no way. A, a quick search. I'm just googling Dan Quinn social media. The only there's a Falcons DQ that I find hard to believe. This is actually him. Um, I think that's just a fake one. He doesn't strike me as a dude that cares about any of that. Well, to be honest no, with you, I, you, you I, said I he cares doubt. about winning football games, and I think a lot of these coaches didn't care about winning football games. They cared about their legacy. I don't think any. Buddy gets to be an NFL head coach without caring about winning football games, but I do think there was a care about how we frame the narrative around. Well, football caring games. about winning games in a, in a small manner and really that's what the hell you live and breathe. That's that's a different thing. And some NFL coaches don't care about it that they live and breathe it, breathe it because um, they hear too much. And if you hear everything everybody say and you have to focus on calling them and texting them and saying stuff, then you damn sure don't care a lot about winning. Nate Dog. Um, Yes, sir. I need a Super Bowl pick from you. It's Super Bowl week, sir. Look, I, as the old saying goes, you don't make money betting against Patrick Mahomes. I, it's, I, it, it's just so hard to bet against what he does with the football. And you look across the field, and it's Brock Purdy. And I know that it's you know cliche. You pretty damn good, two. though. I I know, but it's like <laughs> when you look at the two. Who are you taking? You always take Mahomes 100 times out of 100. I think in Super Bowls, if you just bet on the best quarterback more often than not, you will come out a winner. I, I think the Chiefs, Chiefs defense is underrated. Uh, it, it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's, that's where my money is. I am on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know that he will actually do this, but, Jeff, I'd like you to keep track of everybody's Super Bowl picks this week, and at the end of the week we can run through who everybody picked. Jeff, you, are you would up, do better uh, asking Nico to do that. <laughs> Jeff, are you up for that task? He'll take care of it. Um, all right, hey, Nate, real quick. Um, Caps, I think, are back in action for the first time tonight since the All-Star break. This koozie situation I think is concerning. Um how are we feeling about our Washington Capitals second half of the season where they got some ground to make up here? Yeah, um, it, it was never going to be the best season for our beloved Washington Capitals. It, it's 
all things considered, with the lack of OV production, the you know a lot of young guys filling in, you know the age of the team, the goaltender issues, being above 500, I think, is a win. Uh, the goal differential is terrible, minus 31. I think it's like second worst in the Metro, only behind the Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets who are horrid. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things not to like. There's a lot of things to like, too. Like, a lot of these young guys just stepping up, putting in great minutes. Uh, the situation, you know, hopefully he just gets better. Like, that's all anybody really wants out of him right now is just he takes yep. the time and he rehabs and he gets better. You know, like, we still could make the playoffs. You know, the Metro is tight. I think even being in contention with this roster and, again, the lack of production from Ovi and those guys, uh, I – Four games above 500, I'll take it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they just put together some runs in the second half. Maybe we squeak into the playoffs. I think there's reason to be optimistic about this team instead of pessimistic. I think despite all their flaws, this team grinds and works and skates and does the little things that they have to do to win games that we probably shouldn't win. and, And with different head coaching, this team is in last place. And instead, we are, you know, still fighting for a playoff spot, Uh, you know, with teams like the Islanders, Penguins, Devils, who are supposed to be much better than us this season. So uh, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy today for the Caps. Nate Dogg is Mr. Brightside. Appreciate your time, bro. We'll catch up soon. All right. Have fun in Vegas. Go win a lot of money. All right. That is our friend, Eric Nathan. You can follow him on X, Instagram, all of it, at BarstoolNate. Now, I am in Las Vegas. What built Las Vegas? Gambling. Blackjack, roulette craps sports betting luckily for you you can bet at home you don't have to travel to vegas anymore that's right espn bet is now live in the dmv as the official as the official sports book of espn espn bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite espn personalities and shows sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sports book bet Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Um, I will answer the question first to start, okay? Um, <laughs> Lambville, you want to hear something wild? So we just ran, ran into the morning show boys from Dallas um, on the Odyssey station down in Dallas. They had to be here at 2.20 a.m. What kind, of shape oh. do you, what kind of shape do you think me and B would be in if we had to be here at 2.20 a.m.? That's obscene, man. I, I'm not even trying to do a bit here. We'll be in great shape because we wouldn't be out. <laughs> we'll be asleep at 5. If we had to be here at 2.20 a.m., we would 100% just be drunk and out. Like, what? there's no way I'm going to bed no, to wake no, up. No. to come. I, I, I would not be hanging out. If I have to be in here at two thirty, why would they have to be there at two twenty? Because they go on. I at think they're all on at three, and I think they had pre-recorded so I don't know, man. That's uh, cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, we're gonna send you to Vegas. You got to be on air at two thirty. I don't want to go. Um, I'll do it from my house. So let's do this. Dan Quinn gave a press conference yesterday. We all listened. We were there. We watched the video. However, you consumed that presser. I'm going to start by answering my own question for once. Um, yeah, because you never answer your question. You always ask us. I'm a point guard, dude. Um, what did I like most from the Quinn presser? What I liked most from the Dan Quinn presser is you had a guy. 
Listen, man, he experienced tremendous highs in Atlanta, and I don't want to take that away from him. Um, as a coordinator in Seattle, they won a Super Bowl. As a coordinator in Dallas, they've won a lot of regular season games. Mm-hmm. Um, he has experienced real success. But he has one of the most <clears throat> noteworthy losses of all time. <laughs> and, and he's got to wear it. You, you're up 28-3 to in the third quarter of the Super Bowl, dude. And, and you lost. And one thing I applaud is he takes complete ownership of the the like the, the the downside of this stuff. He takes ownership of his flaws, of his faults. There there at various times in the Rivera administration, I don't know how much accountability there was. Yeah. And Dan Quinn seems like a dude that is fully accountable. And that to me, above all the other stuff that he wants to kick ass and push hard and blah, blah, blah. Like, I've heard football coaches tell me how they want to uh-huh. kick ass. Accountability leads to honesty, leads to vulnerability, and I think people respond to that. Yeah, I, I picked up the same thing, but that Super Bowl loss, as much as he gets blamed for it, he didn't completely deserve all the blame for that. I could, uh, and I, but, but I'm saying, but we have a guy – that's on that we praise all the time. And Kyle, he was on that team. He was overly throwing the ball and things of that nature. And then you look at the fact he went to another Super Bowl that he lost. <laughs> so I, I just think that Dan doesn't try to pass blame. He just accepts it and moves on. I think that's the best way to do it. But what I when he was talking, I just think he was answering things straightforward, like a a, a human being instead of a robot. A lot of people in professional sports become robots. Because it's someone always telling you how you should say something, what you should say. And a lot of times, some PR people make you become somebody else other than yourself. I don't think anybody told him how to speak because he was speaking just like Dan Quinn is. And I think if he keeps that, at least you'll have a lot more people having that level of respect for you because they know that you're being real and truthful with them. You and I, would I think we're three years this weekend maybe. Whatever, but we've been doing media in a lot of capacities for a long time now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You've done it hell since you were playing. I've been, you know, into this for a while now. And there are people that try to be somebody else when the mics are on, on and the air. cameras yeah. are on. Yeah. Like, I, I know it. Like, I've experienced <laughs> oh, it. There are oh, people yeah. that, like, have this cool voice when the air comes on. Like, whatever. Yeah. And, and you and I don't do any of that bleep. None. And... Dan Quinn strikes me as a dude that doesn't do any of that. I, I think the only thing he tries to do is not curse when he knows he's on air. The one thing I heard Donnie Simpson say this. Donnie Simpson did radio for 55 years. That's incredible. And he said, How old is Donnie? Donnie's in his 70s. Okay. Wow. Well, 70, 71, something like that. He started doing radio. He was 15, 16 in Detroit. Wow. With all the old Motown guys. But he said, he said, you always come to a point where you think someone is thinking you're not good enough. And he said the one thing he realized, the best, he, he knows how to be him better than anybody in the world. So he just kept trying to be the, number, the, the same Donnie Simpson, just be himself. And I think everybody has to understand that. When you're trying to be somebody else, you're trying to be something, some type of character, that causes a little conflict every once in a while. Just be who you are straight up. You don't have to worry about changing. I, the, we all got off the plane last night. There's a lady who has a suite uh, at the stadium. 
in, a, in uh, the Commander Stadium. She was on the plane with us, like, flying out here. And she was like, one thing that my daughters and all say about you is, Brian is always real. You ask him a question, he's the same way whether he's on air or not. Then you don't have to worry. Just like when people say it's hard to keep, hard to remember lies, it's hard to remember if you faked out and tried to testify some, some BS instead of just truthfully answering the question. Brian, Mitch, Brian Mitchell is the same dude all the time unless you get to that rare point in the night where B starts speaking French. Then you don't know what the hell you're about to what what's about to happen. Well, it's still oh, me. Oh, me, Brian Mitchell. I have some of that in me, and it comes out when I have extra uh, confidence. <laughs> <laughs> always, always having extra confidence. Um, here, here's the plan. Here, I, I want to talk about. <clears throat> I want to get the boys in the aquarium, kind of what everybody thinks about the Dan Quinn presser yesterday. Do want to touch on EB a little bit. We're going to have Derek Stevens, owner of the Circa Casino, join us at 1230. 1 o'clock, Nikki Javala. Do we know if Nikki's here? I, I'm pretty sure she was on our flight. She's right? on flight with us, yeah. But she might be covering practice. Yeah, but she was on, on the flight with us. I know I, that. We'll see if we can get Nikki to join us live here. Grant Paulson is here. Um, there, It's possible we're all going to Brazil. Nobody go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Brian Mitchell here, and I always demand excellence, whether I'm on or off the field. And if your HVAC system isn't cutting it, it's time for Rude. Thanks to the IRA Act, you can snag up to $2,000 in tax credits for qualifying heat pump systems. And Maryland residents, there are extra rebates on Rude equipment just for you. Personally, I have three Rude 18-series inverted heat pumps powering my home, and it's a total game changer. So head to Rude.com. That's R-U-U-D.com, and see for yourself. Elevate your comfort this winter with Rude, because if it ain't Rude, it ain't right. I love this bar. <laughs> B-Bitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan, live, Las Vegas. Radio Row, starting to fill up. Celebrities are here. I think Bubba Watson, two-time Masters winner, right? Yeah. Are we sure that's Bubba Watson? Bubba Watson. Hey, man, that one shot he hit out of those trees. One ten. Bruh. It's on, and if, if you've been to Augusta and you've stood where he hit that shot from, I don't know how. I don't know how the hell he did it. I don't know how the hell he did it. Well, I hit hook shots like that. I just don't plan on it. Right. <laughs> um, celebrities are here. Bubba Watson is here. Uh, Rich Gannon, a former NFL MVP that Brian can throw a football farther than, is here. Grant Paulson is here. Um, Awad is here. All the celebs showing up in Vegas for the week. Um, you know, it, it's interesting as we kind of continue to talk about the Dan Quinn introduction yesterday. I don't know that we've talked to our boy Jeff yet. And Jeff loves his football team, loves his burgundy and gold. I don't know that any of us were necessarily wowed by the hire. To me, it always felt like a safe hire. But I feel like you, you should feel better about the hire now that you've heard, seen, can – Without sounding like a total loser, you can kind of feel Dan Quinn's energy and what he brings. You know, if I'm not, you don't sound like a loser for saying that. You, just, you, you, you. I think when you see coaches speaking, you get a good or a bad vibe from them. And I think he gave me a good vibe yesterday. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's all it is. Jeff, how did you feel yesterday? I I was excited. I mean, like I said, I felt this passion. As I said before the press conference, we are going to hear. We are we are going to hear if he's really about this job. It's like yeah, you did I, say I, that. I can't I can't change it because I'm still waiting 
I'm still waiting to see, but I do feel good. I mean, I didn't feel, I never felt bad about the hire. It was, it, it's show me state. You, we are y'all our new owners. This the first season that you know y'all have full control. If this is your guy as the head coach, show me, show me. I'm I'm all here for it. And until they prove me wrong, I'm riding with Quinn and the guys and his staff. I'm with you, Jeff. I, I think I think however you felt about the Quinn hire, you should feel a little bit better. I still don't think any of this makes it a home run. I think it's a safe move. I think it's a guy that can bring energy right away. And I think I, I think I'm in a show me state too. Honestly, I if you're really into Dan Quinn, I I can't imagine, like, if we went back in the poll I posted on the day they hired him and the the love it was, like, 20%, mm-hmm. and then there was, eh, we'll see the staff and hate it. I imagine there's fewer hates, maybe a little more love, but I think most people now just kind of like it and yeah. are, are at peace with it, ready to move forward. I also think more and more it doesn't matter how they landed there. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I agree with that totally. Because at this point, we can sit up here and argue about how they got there. Well, it wasn't their first guy, this, that, and the other. What did they say? Okay? You, you have to eventually start listening to what they're saying. And when you hear all the multiple things about Ben Johnson, we don't know that Ben was just sitting there, and then when he got to him, they were like, oh, this is a little different. We're going to have to really talk to people now. Because you kept hearing second interview, second interview. A lot of times when you are totally honest somebody, you don't have a second interview with everybody else. Right. Maybe that interview made them say, we need to go talk to these guys again. Right. I think, um, and and Adam Peters said that, you know, he's got to be honest to his process and that that's why even as things changed, they wanted to stick with it. And and I can understand that and even support that. Um, I think if somebody had wowed them along the way, they didn't, they probably wouldn't have had to be honest with their process. Mm -hmm. I did. I don't think it's worth a ton of conversation, frankly, um, I thought Dan Quinn handled the Eric Bieniemy situation as well as he could. Said he talked to him, said he respects him, said, you know, I've been a coach, uh, a, a coordinator that's bounced around the league. I wish him the best. He's not going to be with us next year. Anybody that was surprised by that probably is buying oceanfront real estate in Arizona. Yeah, like, totally. Th- this thing was written. I, I think you've made the point and i think you're largely correct that the enemy didn't necessarily get a fair shot in washington mm-hmm. but life ain't fair the offense was bad they went 4 and 13 if the new owner new gm want to blow everybody out there is empirical data to support it i think i could see the enemy getting the head job in seattle which would be pretty interesting. not the head job the head oc job um, i wish him well i got to know him a little bit not not tremendously well um, it's going to be interesting to watch that unfold. But if anybody was surprised by that yesterday, the yeah, jo- joke's on you. The thing about you, how a new head coach, and if you tell him he has to hire somebody else, then that's basically undermining him. You have to allow him to go out and do the things, hire the people he wants to work with, and that's how it happened. Totally like that. So uh, I, ultimately, ultimately, I don't think uh, – that's JP just dropped the mic, dog. <laughs> He has to go talk to Will Compton. But ultimately, I think that you have to allow him to hire people that he's comfortable with. And Kingsbury was the guy he's comfortable with. 
Let's do this. I'd say we open the phone lines up here. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Do you feel better today about Dan Quinn than you did when the news came out, than you did before he sat down, started talking, said he wants to kick ass? Taking your calls next on The Fan. All right, here's how this is going to go. It's high noon in the District of Columbia. It's 10 a.m. Oh, no, 9 a.m. I'm going to figure this out before the end of the week, B. I'll probably be back home before I figure it out, but it's 9 a.m. in the city of Las Vegas. Um, Going forward, we have a bunch of callers on the line to talk about if they feel better after the Dan Quinn presser yesterday. I'm interested in that. I am. But at the same time, we have a dude helping us out here in Vegas. What's my man's name? Jacob? Jacob is helping us out. He's a good-looking fellow with kind of long hair. Um, Has hair like Bubba Watson. Kind of does. Well, Bubba Watson was just at the DraftKings stage, I guess that is. And I sent Jacob to go see if he could get Bubba Watson to join me and B-Mitch. <laughs> I think the, the, the probability rate of this working is about 5%. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. But I do want the callers on the line to know, Seth Ruben Roy in the building, I do want the callers on the line to know that if Bubba Watson shows up, we're blowing you off. I'm just just being honest. But until Bubba Watson shows up, we're taking the calls. Um, we will start with my guy Steve in Silver Spring. What up, Steve? Steve, do you feel better about Dan Quinn after yesterday's presser? Yes, I do. Why? Um, I, feel, I feel better about Dan. I don't like the high, the office coordinator. I knew that the enemy wasn't going to get the job. Uh, just like from what Brian was just saying that, you know, Guys come in, they want to bring in their own people. Because if you bring in your own people and it don't work, at least you went down with your own ship. So I, I, I totally understand that. BNM got a bad he got a, he came into a bad situation. He had no offensive line, rookie quarterback, bad leadership. It was a mess. So he had no shot. Um but at the same time, I don't like the Clingsbury hire. I would have thought they probably would have went after somebody maybe a little bit more. If you if you look at what Cl- uh, Cliff Kingsbury did in Arizona, um, all they did was throw the ball all over the field. And based on what he had in Kyler Murray, uh, I don't see that. I definitely see them drafting a quarterback. I don't see how with none of those traits with the kind of offense that he ran in Arizona. I think I don't see it. I think they're drafting a quarterback whether they hired Cliff Kingsbury or whoever. Yeah, I, I think it was going to be a quarterback no matter what. I, I don't necessarily love the Kingsbury hire, but what I like and what I said throughout this process is I need somebody that speaks quarterback and will devote themselves to the quarterback position to develop this young kid. I do think Kingsbury is that guy. He's a whisperer. Yeah. I, I We'll see what the offense looks like, but – Whoever they're drafting, whether it's Caleb, whether it's Jaden Daniels, whether it's Drake May, that kid's probably going to stink their rookie year. The, the overwhelming odds, like just just like we're probably not getting Bubba Watson, the odds of that kid coming in and performing like C.J. Stroud are pretty bad, right? <laughs> yeah. So you need somebody that can get that young man through that period. Thank you for the call, Steve. Um, let's go to Paul in D.C. Paul. Pa- Paul, how you feeling about Dan Quinn, dude? Man, look, first of all, uh, I just want to say, B. Mitch, I appreciate you so much, man. Um, I called the junkies yesterday and let them know the bad deal that Eric B. Enemy got. And so it's refreshing to know that truth tellers and people with good perspective are on the radio giving the fans all perspectives instead of just one perspective. So I do appreciate you. Because, JP, I know earlier in the broadcast you said that 
It doesn't matter how we got here. But for a young man, for a brother like Eric Bieniemy, it does matter because he didn't have a, a fair shake. With that being said, I'm cool with the hire of Dan Quinn. But uh, the Cliff uh, Kingsbury hire was suspect to me because just like the previous caller said, he didn't really wow people in Arizona. He hasn't really been that type of person. And for you to hire him and Eric Bieniemy only had one year, right, with a rookie quarterback for the most part, a suspect offensive line. And I would dare to say when he took the job, they pretty much told him this is Sam Howell's going to be your dude. And, JP, you know from the, the training camp uh, reports that you gave from the preseason, you were saying that J- Jacoby Brissett was the better quarterback and had not, been the better. Uh, not in camp. Brissett wasn't – neither of them were particularly impressive during camp, frankly. Um, and I think – we maybe didn't get to see Jacoby with the first team. Like, that may have changed things, but it wasn't in camp. There, there was not a scenario where, oh, my God, Sam's awful, Jacoby's great, you got to make a change. Yeah, but I just wanted to reiterate what Brian was saying, that when Jacoby came in, you saw how the offense should have looked. And so, with that being said, I hope Burr get another position, another job. I respect the brother. He's a good man. He's a decent man, regardless of what the players say. And some people don't like to be coached hard, and that's unfair to him because he's a damn good coach. When right. do so you said that I'm saying, you know, how we arrived here no longer matters. When do you get to that point, or or do you not? No, what I'm saying is I get what you're saying. The past is the past. You have to look to the future. But and with all due respect, as we are in Black History Month, for us. And the coaches so do you think it profession. was racial that got EB fired? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is perspectives matter. It's not about racism. Okay. It's about perspective matters. I can hear and that. B. Mitch is giving you the whole picture on how we feel about how this young man was treated in regards to his position, right? If you get beat out because somebody's better than you, so be it. But if you're getting beat out because of – you know, backroom deals or undercutting. You but know, Ron Rivera I, undercutted that man right hang off on. the plate. Here's the other, yeah. only my, – my counter to that, a year prior, Scott Turner, who was also undercut by Ron, got fired because the offense just wasn't good enough. He had three years to prove himself, though. He had three years to prove himself. Fair, but – enemy one. But I, but you've got to also be cognizant that there's an entire change yeah, of the whole building. That's, it's a whole that's a different yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. I get that. And that's why I said I'm cool. But I'm just saying, like, the perspective that's going out there, some the, the narrative that's going out there is Eric enemy was trash and he didn't do this and his offense was weak. But that wasn't the case. The I offense think, wasn't being run properly as they on. should have been. I think, there, I think multiple things can be true. The offense wasn't good. Now maybe he didn't he didn't get a fair shot. All those other things can be true too. But the offense wasn't good. Like we got to at least accept that what we saw on the field wasn't good. And right. The, because the guy, of who was playing who was playing in the offense? Jacoby I, came in. He looked good. The offense went up and down. Just like Brian said earlier, he told you earlier that offense requires for you to know where you got to go and not hesitate. Right. And Jacoby showed you that. He, in a very small sample, he did. Thank you for the call. I appreciate your perspective. I do try to be cognizant, especially with EB, that I'm a 42-year-old white dude and my perspectives are framed by that. And I think trying to like accept that and look around the full picture. 
But I, I would also add, like, I was there every day and saw that maybe all the problems started with Ron, but there were a lot of problems floating around by the end of the year. And, mm-hmm. and I think when you get to this point, of course they're going to overhaul everything. They went 4-13 and and had the 25th ranked offense in the NFL. Like, of course they're going to overhaul everything. Um, we'll keep the phone lines going about if you're happier now with Dan Quinn than you were a day ago. Let's go to Bird in Ashburn. Hey, what's up, fan? What's up? What's up, what's up brother? Listen, I, um, I, I want to stay on topic what you guys were saying, but I, I'm so sick of hearing not a fair shake. This and that, you know, Eric B. Enemy is my frat brother, and, and I'm I'm and I'm pro Eric B. Enemy, but at the same time, during the course of a year, he never adjusted to what he he had in in, in the cupboard. You know, he didn't adjust to ingredients. He stuck with what he was accustomed of doing in 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 KC, and he had none of those ingredients. So that being said, I'm like. A new regime. It was only befitting that they were moving on to what, what um, you know, they they were trying to establish in a new culture and and trying to achieve success. That being said, we can't browbeat or bash um, Dan Quinn. He's supposed to get comfortable with and who he feels like will help him succeed. And second time around, you know. Everybody's talking about, you know, the Ben Johnson and everything, but Eric Bieniemy, when he was given the first opportunity, he did not interview well as as you know, as far as what the the information that was put out there um was circulating. So and they're saying the same thing in, in certain respects with Ben Johnson. Man, trust the regime. We we we've been we've been cheated on as fans so long that we don't even trust or, or give a chance to anybody who, who, who is courting us or who else comes along. Man, trust the process. That's all we have. We're, we're, I, I, we should be optimistic with what we have and, and going forward and just trust that the powers to be, we got our GM, trust what the powers to be um, are, are putting in place, and, and let it ride out. Stop brow bashing. And, and undermining and really not even giving Dan Quinn an opportunity to establish a good foundation. See, in my mind, that's my mindset is right where you just stated that because I think that we are so – just like if you go in a new relationship, you're still worried about what the other person did. you got to sometimes start looking at what the people that you're with right now are doing. And I believe that we were so happy about the new ownership. We were happy as hell about the general manager. And then now we question everything that they do. Allow them to do their job. And if things aren't working then, a year or two down the road, then you have a right to say something. But right now, at least you got to just pause and give them an opportunity. Hit them with the pause. I think, <clears throat> Landville, did we ever settle <clears throat> how many times culture was said yesterday? Uh, I was three. So I won that bet. And, and, and I asked that question. Because I don't want to hear about culture anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I have two other things I don't want to hear about anymore. What else? Ben Johnson and Eric Bieniemy. Like, hey. like neither it's of them. Not, neither of them are here. Neither of them are here, but they're going to be there. And I think the ultimate thing is that's why I don't like to play things up too much or play them down too much. Because 
I like to go down the middle of the road because ultimately people are going to leave. And like the Ben Johnson thing at first, and I was like, does it have to be him? Because <laughs> things change. I, I think when we get on the radio and when people call in, we act as if the person that we're talking about doesn't have a decision, you know, or doesn't have a choice in what they want to do. He could have come here and we gave everything he wanted. He could have decided to go somewhere else, you know. But the ultimate thing is now you're moving forward uh, and you got people in place. We can hold Cliff Kingsbury to the fire. We sure. can hold Dan Quinn to the fire. We can hold Witt, to the, Witt? Fire. Joe yeah. Witt to the fire. We can hold Josh Harris and his crew to the fire. But ultimately, we cannot judge them based off of Dan's BS, Ron's stuff, and all that that happened before. I, right. Like, Ron didn't work out very well in D.C. I think he annoyed a lot of people over the years, right? Because yeah. of there was a little bit of, like, holier than thou with, with, with Ron. And I think Dan just seems like a dude that wants to crush Coors Lights and coach football. Like, I, there's not a lot of – Go over to the Stellas with me, uh, Dan. Whatever he prefers. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get him a bottle of Scotty's. Coors Light is not the good one to have in the uh, repertoire right now. It's in the media too much. No, I think that's – let's not go down this No, I'm just saying hole. that that was Mr. Mahomes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a tough look to get pulled over with a can of beer in the car. Yeah. Um, I think I, – Landini, am I speaking crazy? I just – like, if we're, if we're opening a segment that is, do you feel better about Dan Quinn today than you did yesterday – and people want to call in and talk about Ben Johnson and Eric Bieniemy. I think they're just missing the boat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like people who still want to talk about Jay Gruden and RG3. Like, I, I'd, I'd rather do anything else in the world than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, was Kirk better than Robert? Who cares? And, and also, obviously. Hey, both of them aren't here. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I uh, I don't know. It, honestly, I put it in the same category as the damn graphic that shows that Mike McDaniel and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan were on the 2013 staff in Washington. Now, I do kind of like that graphic, and that's actually the reason I was hoping Bobby Sloak would get a head coaching job, just so we could twist the knife a little bit more. But see, this is the thing about it, though. People show those people on that graphic did. I would ask everybody the question, did any one of those guys – were any one of those They were 3-13. They were 3-13, and, 13. No, were 3 and, 13 and they, none of them were ready to be a head coach at that moment. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So, it, it, listen, we could go back and grab pictures of when you and I were young kids, and we could be sitting at a certain school and, I was very and, and try to make that into that's the reason. It's not the reason because ultimately you had to grow. <laughs> Hell, you don't stay where you are. And all those people that were sitting there, you know, it's just none of those guys were they asking to become – Something on or another. Uh, totally. And, and I think it's just silly that we all get caught up in in what was or wasn't, and none of it was. Um, real quick, this is my guy, Jake. Say hello. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jacob Roach here on Radio Row. What up, Jake? Jake is helping us, uh, the fan and 980, throughout the week booking guests. And we sent Jake on a straight-up goose chase to go get <laughs> Bubba Watson. Oh, straight-up wild goose chase. Who I'm confident was being paid handsomely to do that DraftKings oh, yeah. appearance. Oh, yeah. So how'd it go on the Bubba Watson? How well, much y'all giving? You know, he gave me a little love. He was he was down to play, but then his people stepped in. The damn they said, uh, the people said, Bubba, you're not getting paid for that. No, 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 no. But he, here's what also shows that Bubba's a pro. 
is you know the truth is he was not down to come on, <laughs> but he pretends to be down to come on, so he looks cool. And there's a reason these PR people get paid a lot of money. It's because they are happy to be the jerk. Yep. Someone has to be the bad guy. All right. So who's our next target, Jake? Well, let's uh, see you. <laughs> Um, I, B, you've already got me booked, buddy. <laughs> but we're paying you. <laughs> now, um, who do you see, AD? I can't hear you, buddy. Eh, I, I don't want to be a jerk, but that doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, <laughs> Bubba Watson got a green jacket. That moves the needle. That's pretty big. Coach Billy has a Super Bowl ring. So do you. Yeah, but you get a coach that runs, you can tell you how to win. Sure. You want to try to track down great, Coach Billy? Great defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got him. All right. All right, Jacob is now 0 for 1. Um, <laughs> ah, that's a wash. We, we, we sent you up against Pedro in his prime. Yeah. And, and you had just been called up from, from high single A. So that, happened. That, happened. That was, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that was a tough matchup. You were a third string rookie left tackle going against LT right there. But we're going to recalibrate, as, as Dan Quinn likes to say, we're going to recalibrate. We're going to find True North and uh, – we also have a bunch of guests, but you go see if you get Billick for <laughs> what would be 1030 Got on it. time. Got it. All right. 57 minutes of recalibration. All right. Jake is back. He's back in business. Derek Stevens <laughs> joins us next. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrated from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Fans do have so many ways for you to end the season with a W or one, W, two, three, however many you want to go. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel. An official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. B. Mitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan, live out in Las Vegas, baby. Radio Row, Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. Niners Chiefs going to be a show. Uh, right now, we're excited to welcome back to the program Derek Stevens, the owner and CEO of Circa Resort, the D, the Golden Gate. Uh, have you ever been to Stadium Swim or seen pictures of Stadium Swim at the Circa in Vegas? This is the man behind it. Derek, what up, dude? Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to see you here. Wow, what a setup you got here in Radio Row. I love it, man. That's <laughs> great. So are, are you a Vegas lifer? Are you born and raised out here? No, no. I came out here like I came out here 18 years ago, so I've been out here for a while. But uh, I'm originally from Detroit. Is it wild? Never left, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is it in the – so you've been here about 20 years. Yeah. Think about how much the world has changed in those 20 years where the, the NFL even mentioning the word Las Vegas was taboo. For right. so long, and now they're now hosting they, a Super here. Bowl here. Yeah. I mean, when I came out here, I, I actually, one of my first investments was I bought the AAA baseball team out here. Mm -hmm. And I remember all of the signage we had to put up. You know, any, Are they the 51s or yeah, something? Yeah, the okay. Las Vegas 51s. And, and all of the all of the meetings, locker room meetings, everything else, you know, any talk of gambling uh, was, was uh, you know, really taboo. And then, and then, uh, and then you think about – 
you know, even 10 years ago, people would ask, you think the NFL will ever come out here? And, uh, and you know, I always thought that sports gambling was a good thing. I mean, it's good for, it's good for players. It's good for teams. It's good for it's good for leagues. It's good for franchises. It's good for media. It's more and, uh, and 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 when you say it's good, you mean more interest, more eyeballs? Yeah, more interest, more eyeballs. It allows it allows for uh, bigger bigger sports contracts to get paid to the leagues, which then goes to the players. It just it elevates sports. And I think and I think as a fan, I think we all understand if you get a couple bucks on a game, you're going to have a little more interest in, in yeah. watching the game. When you look at the sports gambling, it's also brought a lot of people to the to the game that wouldn't ordinarily pay attention to it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the NFL cares about faces and, and numbers. Yeah, I mean, you think about, I mean, you know, the, the, when, when fantasy football became a little more prolific, more people started paying attention. I mean, right now, right now we got we've got a phenomenon called Taylor Swift that's bringing more people to the game. <laughs> you got it. And I think I think right now what we're sitting in right here at Media Row here today, there's something going on that I think we're going to be able to talk about down the road. This is effectively the kickoff of NFL becoming an international brand this is i mean we saw yesterday was coming out first game ever going to happen in brazil, brazil yeah. we got the games going off in in germany we got games going to the uk but this is the launching pad for for the nfl really to come on and and, and go after english premier league and go after you know some of these big big leagues uh, uh that are out there so i think they're using um uh las vegas as a real real uh, real real uh, uh starting point to really make the nfl far more international and continue to grow this fan base i know people talk a lot about new york but hell las vegas is international you, you totally in and out of this place you, you all probably the time. know that what's the percentage of international tourists in vegas uh in, in vegas if you like we don't really include Canada because they're here all the time. <laughs> sure. But but if you include Canada, Mexico, uh, you're, you're looking at about a quarter a quarter of all the visitation comes wow. internationally. Think about Vegas gonna did, did over 50 million visitors this year. That's well, crazy. Where, where I'm at on Fremont Street, a lot of people don't know this, but on Fremont Street, uh, we'll do 25 million people. It's the second most visited tourist destination in America Dang. after what? Times Square. Wow. Times Square is number one. Fremont Street is number two Dang. in downtown Vegas. What's, that's why. That's why I love building Circa right there. Right, it's right, right, right. A lot of people. What's crazy about Fremont Street is people come to Vegas, they do the Strip, and then they go to Fremont. But there's so much. I, I doubt this is why they call it, but there's like free entertainment just on the street. Like you don't have to gamble. You don't. I mean, I'm sure you love people coming inside your place, but you can just walk up and down the street, and there's bands and like weird magicians and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Bourbon Street. We've got entertainment uh, three different stages, seven nights a week. It's all free, uh, you know. But here's the gaff. You know, we all have bars outside, and we are in a desert. So whether you drink beer, whether you drink an oversized uh, yeah. Slurpee, or uh, you just want a water, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to get a drink. Yeah. So uh, no, it's just a lot of fun. This is an adult uh, an adult Disneyland out here. One thing I want to get into Super Bowl stuff, but I've, I've been curious about this. As gambling, I mean sports betting now, everybody's doing it on their phone in probably 30 states or something. Um, there's casinos seemingly everywhere now. And yet Vegas keeps growing. It's almost like more interest in gambling across the country makes more people want to come here. Absolutely. Well, you know, when when, uh, when the Supreme Court ruled, um, you know, overruled PASPA, a lot of people came up and asked me, they said, oh, are you afraid this is going to hurt Las Vegas? Are you afraid this is going to hurt your, 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 your business in, in, in sports betting? And I said, no, not at all, because really what it's going to do, 
It's going to get more people started with New Jersey, and now we're up to, what, 38 states. Now there's just a lot more discussion about it. Now no, now people are willing to talk about a point spread in advance and, and things like that on, and on air. And what that's going to do, that's going to create more interest in a line, more interest, more opinions. And and from um, the perspective of running a sports book, you want people to have opinions. And when that happens, people are going to make their bets in their home state, but eventually they're going to want to come out to Mecca. They're going to want to come out to Las sure. Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's why That's why at Circa we built the world's largest sports book. It's unbelievable. You know, I mean, we Both only, the inside and the outside. <laughs> I mean, we did it for the reason that we did it for the reason that we figured that you know, no matter what state you're visiting Las Vegas from, whether you're here on business or whether you're here on pleasure, uh, you know, you're gonna if you're a sports fan, you're gonna want to come and see the world's largest sports book. You know, there's a lot of things to come and see in Vegas, so we're kind of targeting those sports fans. There's beaches in a lot of places in the United States, but I'd rather go to the Bahamas than go to the places <laughs> like that. People keep going to Miami, right? Yeah. Miami, Dominican, Hawaii. That's why they come to Vegas. Right? It's the mecca. Yeah, yeah. My dad was in the bar business, and every time a new bar opened, people were like, "Oh, Jimmy, are you worried?" He's like, "No, the more bars means more people, and they'll come to all the spots." Like a rising tide, right? That's right. That's exactly it. That's um, exactly it. Talking with Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, the man behind Circa Swim. If you've never been, you're missing out. I, I can only, like a college football Saturday in October when the weather out here is perfect. It it was a it was a very, very cool afternoon we spent out there. Um, you're from Detroit. Are you a Lions fan? I am a diehard Lions fan. What did you think of that Lions Niners NFC title game? It was uh, it was a gut wrenching game for me <laughs> in my in my uh, my sports sports fandom uh, career. Uh, it was the most gut wrenching game of my of my lifetime. Um, at any point, did you want him to kick when he went for it? <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's asking about that, but you know. I'm not one of those guys that's going to question this. I mean, you know, you got you've got the emotion of the game. Sure, there's a lot of other elements. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can't eliminate field goals. You still got to be able to kick field goals, but you also got to realize field goals aren't a gimme anymore either. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, when you got a, when you got a coach that's run his whole season where he's going to where he's going to run through brick walls and and he's got a team behind him like that, and then the way they dominated that first half, uh, you can't question a call like that. I mean. I mean that's just that's just you know you know second guessing is just just that you know you, you can't you can't quite just you can't question the decision because the way the outcome happened um, you know I, obviously I, I think a bigger bigger element in the game was a couple of drop passes sure now I mean that's just that's just what it is is a drop pass but uh, but boy do those those change the dynamics of the game significantly I agree with you so we're obviously broadcasting in Washington. People listen all over, but mm-hmm. DC's our base, and there was a lot of talk of the Commanders trying to get Ben Johnson, yeah. the Lions' uh, offense coordinator. Um, it obviously went kind of sideways. There's definitely a game of he said he said going on about how and why yeah. it went sideways. Um, what do you think, though, of Dan Campbell and his ability, for whatever reason, for coaches to want to stay there? Well, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's I don't think it's just coaches. I, I think you're right about that, but it's also the players. I mean, I mean, I mean. Think. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I mean, would you like to? Would you like to play for a guy like Dan Campbell? Oh yeah. You said that yeah. during the hard knocks. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, you know, because I want a coach who's going to live what we're living, and I think Dan does that, and he can he can ignite. You see those guys? Yeah. They absolutely love playing for him. They follow everything he's saying. Many people always talk to tell me about X's and O's. I don't care about that. 
I care about can a guy make me do something I don't want to do. Yeah. And he can't. So, I mean, there's a guy in Detroit now. Now he used to he used to be a little more prolific. Now he's a little bit more behind the scenes. But you would know him well. Old 54, Chris Spielman. Yeah. Spielman Spielman had had a little has a little bit of that persona. Uh, he's the connection between the ownership of the Ford family to Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. and 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 I think they share some of the similarities in the way they would look at yeah. how, how they build the team, and then uh, I, I think it's gone that way. So yeah, from from a Detroit fan, they like it, and from a Detroit fan, I'll say I don't have any idea what happened with Ben Johnson, but I'm a I am very very excited <laughs> yeah. about the fact it did. <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing, a couple days later, I'm doing I'm doing a, a show on Vison over at Circa. And we're announcing that Kingsbury go, is going to be the new offense coordinator. I wake up the next day, and he's in Washington. Right, he was going to be so, in Vegas with the Raiders, yeah. right? It's been, a, I just read a thing. Magic Johnson was influential in changing that. Yeah, I, I, really? read, I heard yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, let's get to this weekend. Obviously, I mean, the eyes of the world, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs, Niners. What is, by now, I mean, we are, I'd say, 10 years, five years, whatever we are into the legalized sports betting world, right? So the the Super Bowl in Vegas has been huge forever. What is it like action-wise now hosting a Super Bowl? Well, a couple things. Um, I think to say, will this Super Bowl be the most bet Super Bowl in Vegas or not? I think it's too early to tell right now. I would say, I mean, for, Super Bowl has been sold out in Vegas for 40 years. So what's different this year is the fact with the game here, it's changed the dynamic earlier in the week. Yeah. You know, where hotel rooms are sold out on Mondays, and we have an event Monday. We have, I mean, in our hotel, we've got five separate five separate, uh, pretty big-time cocktail parties and events tonight. Wow. A lot, a lot of We're Hall available. of Famers. What? We're available. There we go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot, a lot of your uh, compatriots are going to be there. we we got a lot of, we, we've got a, uh, you know, a pairings party for a golf tournament for a bunch of NFL Hall of Famers. We got a hockey thing. We got so what it's done is it's created this vibe in Vegas where Vegas always attracts uh, celebrities and athletes, and it just just really adds to this this period from like let's say Monday through Friday, and then and then come the weekend. Then, you know, you got a lot of the big gamblers coming into town and all that. So it just extends it. I mean, yeah. this is, I think, what the NFL wants. They, I mean, Super Bowl is not a, not a day. Super Bowl is now it's effectively a uh, eight, nine, ten-day sure. ten deal. And this is a cultural it is. Uh, cultural element of, of America, of Americana. It's time, it's time they make Monday after the Super Bowl a holiday, too. I think when they – It effectively <laughs> is. You're right. You're right. <laughs> when, when they get to the 18-game schedule, which is coming – that will create that will bump Super Bowl weekend to President's Day weekend, which just hurry up and do it because we all know it's coming. Um, but you're right on that one, B, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So where have you seen, and I don't know if you're able to disclose this or whatever, actual betting action for the game? Um, where's the money at? How much is it? Do the tickets match up with the money count? Yeah. So 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 far, so far uh, now now seeing as it's the Tuesday before. I can tell you 90% of the money hasn't shown up yet. So we're looking at effectively a pretty small sample size. But we've seen more Chiefs money than we've seen Niner money. We've seen more Chiefs Chiefs tickets than Niner tickets so far. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of where we're at, at at this point. I would say, based upon a number of uh, number of things that we see, the number of Chiefs fan groups coming in, 
and uh, this general thought on Mahomes and Kelsey and the Taylor, little, uh, Taylor Swift is as an impact on this. Uh, I got a feeling the house is going to be needing the 49ers come kickoff would be my guess. I, I got you. What, what's the average ticket at your place? I mean, Circa, for those that don't know Circa, it is for real for people that are really into sports betting it is it is probably top of the list because you've got the biggest book you've got circus swim i know you run the survivor contest yeah. the millionaires contest all that stuff what is the average ticket for this weekend 100 bucks 20 bucks a thousand dollars yeah i mean the one thing about circus sports is i uh, because you got I, real players. I would tell you we're gonna we would have the highest average ticket price of, of any sports book out there. I believe by it. a long shot. By a long shot. Definitely three digits. Uh it's um you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do a handful of uh the five dollar stuff, but we get hammered with so many hundred thousand dollar bets mm. that uh it, it ups the average pretty quick here when you start. So that's where JP puts his money. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I like the bet, but I, I don't have that. Um like people need to know that it's not Five dollar play is going on at your place. It's the real. Yeah, deal. we take we we're, that's kind of what we're known for. We take we take some big action. I expect they have some half a million dollar action and uh, a lot of six figure bets here. So, um, you know that's why I think uh, that's why I think when you ask like which way the money's coming, it's all going to come in a little bit later. Yeah, I believe it, Derek. <laughs> I know you got a, a lot going on. Um, is there anything you want people to come check out this week at Circa? Or any of your spots. I would just say, come come check out Stadium Swim. Great place to go out and watch games. What do you do when the weather's kind of like this? Just turn the heat up in those pools? Yeah, we're open 365. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> hey, warm, hey, drop some warm water. Yeah. You're going you to watch an East Coast NBA game? No problem. Games at 4 o'clock. You want to watch the Laker game? No problem. Games at 7 o'clock. Maybe we should get Temperature's 98 degrees. <laughs> we should get our swim trunks on, go watch the caps at 4 o'clock. It wouldn't be a bad way to spend the afternoon. Yeah, then I would say one other thing, man. It would be loved, I'd love to have somebody from D.C. cash in Circa Millions or Circa Survivor next year. Oh, man. Man, we'd love to, we love to get get a few more people yeah. from D.C. out and participate in these contests. And for you guys, if nothing else, it gives you a whole lot of content to talk about. Go. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey, yeah, guys, man. thanks a lot. Happy Super you, Bowl. Great right, to bro. see you. Too, Derek, thanks, man. Good to see you Thank again. you. All right, take care. That's our guy, Derek Stevens. Nicky Jabal is going to join us either in person or from Chiefs practice. We're going to find I that out saw walking. Yeah, we're going to find that out. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. B. Mitchell Finley live in Las Vegas, Radio Row, ahead of Niners Chiefs this weekend, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58. You get all your big game coverage on 106.7 The Fan, presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Check them out, solostove.com. I've got a solo stove. Brian should get one. Let's find out if our next guest, Nikki Jabala, has a solo stove. Nikki, do you have a solo stove? I don't believe so. Are you aware of what a solo stove is? No. It's a, uh, can you not hear? No. Okay. It's an outdoor fire pit. I have a fire pit. Okay. That doesn't have smoke. But it's. It It doesn't have smoke. You might have a solo stove. It's like a a gas fire pit. Okay. That's not a fire pit. Don't say that. If it's gas, it's not a fire pit. It's a fire pit. Is it outdoors? Yes. Are you sure you don't have a fireplace? I bought it at Home Depot. <laughs> no, you got, it's you, a fire you, pit. You got gas fire pits. Is it outside? Yeah. Is it propane? Propane, yeah. Okay. I, I'm. Don't don't knock my a fire, fire pit. pit. I felt really good about you it. You think when that I counts it. as a fire pit? Yes, yeah, fire in the pit. See? No, it's a it's. I I think it needs to be wood to qualify as a fire pit. Now, it Nonsense. Warms, it warms you up, brother. Yeah, it's fire in a pit. All right. It's a fire pit. When I went out to Bandon Dunes, they had one about. Eight to ten feet, a big circle. Yeah. 
dance, fire pit. Landfill, can you connect Nikki with the solo stove people, and we'll get this all taken care of? Sure. All right, we're on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> you were just telling us about a million coaching updates. Um, okay, we're, we're not going to talk about those on air. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, they're going through the process right now of DQ's meeting with all the current guys. And, yeah, so they're they're moving quickly to form the staff. So guys will be let go. Guys have been let go. And they're kind of considering, you know, some of the, the new coordinators are going to want to bring in some sure. of their guys. So that's what they're going through right now. I think it's important to note, too, that most position coaches get two-year deals. Yes. And so. Two years with a rollover. Yeah, there's always they, options yeah, and right, stuff. Right. But, like, a lot of this, since we're not saying things on air, I think a lot of people have already started calling other people about their next job. Correct. And yes. that is normal in the NFL. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's normal in life. You know you, if you know you you're going to be let go. Moving, yeah. you're like, I need a job. Yeah, if you know you're going to be like, oh, shoot, I, everybody does that, right? I mean, you think, don't wait till they tell you. Yeah. Think about teams. Think about the Saints who were in the playoff hunt until the last game of the year retain their head coach but i think they've changed both coordinators or at yeah. least their oc yeah. everybody on that new orleans staff is calling people right yeah. like right. and they should I, yeah. I mean around the league this is tampa everybody in tampa's calling somebody because right. the oc just flipped they don't know i'm, I'm sure they've, they've made their hire but like this is kind of the normal process um yeah and they're, they're, I mean, some of the, the guys that still have a good bit of time remaining on the contracts are obvious, like Tavita Pritchard, Bobby Ingram, guys that are recent hires. I, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they stay. I'll just say that. Sure. Yeah. But we'll see. It all depends on what Cliff wants and what Dan wants um, right. on their new staff. Yeah, definitely. Right. And don't be surprised by any overhaul when a team goes 4-13. and 13. At all. Correct. Like, yes. At all. Like, Correct. It's a bottom line right. business, man. And that's you know, and this I hate to bring this up, but like that's with Eric Bieniemy, like they went four and thirteen. That's the bottom line with that. You know, had they knocked it out of the park, had they mm-hmm. had a really exceptional offense, but lagged on defense and couldn't get it going, I think it would have been a very different story. But they went four and thirteen, and we yeah. know what they were on offense. Yeah. Um. So yesterday we did a segment earlier where we kind of took calls. I, I contend whatever you thought of the Dan Quinn hire yesterday, you should feel a little bit better about it today. I think you could see his energy and his infectious enthusiasm. What did you think of Quinn yesterday? Uh, he had me when he said, I swear a lot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, that's my guy. Um, <laughs> no, I think I, I agree with you totally. Um you know, he's not the sexy hire on paper, but I think when you look at his defenses, first of all, if you look at how he's evolved his defenses, I think that's a huge plus. And then you hear him talk about, right, these are some of the lessons I've learned. These are the things that I've wanted to do if I got another head coaching gig. I think so much of the last four years, and I hate to make comparisons, have been stuck in the past. We want to replicate what we did before. Right. Whereas Dan Quinn has said point blank, this will be different than the past. My last stop was different than the past stop before that. Like, that's what you want in a coach, a coach who's consistently evolving. Um, will it be great? I don't know. We'll see. Right. But I think he has the right demeanor for what this team needs now. He has the experience. Um, and, and, frankly, this team needs sort of that, that main leader to kind of galvanize the group because it's been, you know, a long 
what? 25 years, but especially the last couple years. Let's do this. Dive into the leadership aspect because that's what Adam Peters specifically said yeah. he was looking for. Does Dan Quinn bring that? Nikki Jabala is joining us. She will be with us when we return. Caller number 10 right now, however, 800-636-1067. You win two tickets to Joe Bonamassa Saturday, February 24th at the theater at MGM National Harbor. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event info, visit thefandc.com slash event. Us, us. Nikki, you, you feel free to drop bars here. Ran a cop down. You're not ready for that. <laughs> us, us, us. Petey Pop Motor. All right. Me and Mitch Finley live out. Radio Row, Super Bowl 58. Chiefs Niners, all of your big game coverage on 1067 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. Um, you can listen to the Super Bowl on our air. You're going to be yes. driving around. 1067 fans. It's easy. 980. Um, the, the Solo Stove fire pit, fire table debate is really getting intense here. Yeah. Um, I contend that you can't have a gas fire pit. You both tell me I'm wrong. Well, we tell you you're wrong because you have a solo stove and not, you don't have a fire pit. Yeah. How's a stove called but a fire pit? But it's wood, dude. Yeah, but it's still a burning wood. It's still who, a stove. Who made that rule that you can only have so wood to have a fire I'm going to go get dig a hole in my backyard, put some little rocks I can't, in it. That's sure a fire pit. You're going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, you think I don't do any work? I think you do lots of work. I don't see you digging a hole in your backyard. It's with easy because rocks. I have a, a former little area where my daughter has a swing set. It's already set up there. Dig a hole, put some little, what's called those little chairs that lay back. Put the chairs there, boom, you yeah. could. Adirondack chairs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, B. Mitch is going to build his own fire pit. I'll take the over on whatever, however many days you tell me. How much money you going to put on it? Operational. Bet me a G. Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Quinn is hired, Nikki, for leadership. <sighs> Do you win games with leadership? Dan Campbell did. I think a lot of coaches do. I mean, yes. John Har- John Harbaugh doesn't call plays. I mean, I think there are a lot of coaches like that that are very successful. It's the staff you build around you that, you know, becomes paramount. But, yeah, I, I think you absolutely can. Um, you know, I, I think too many people get hung up on the Rivera comparisons, like the Rivera 2.0. You know, he has a lot of the same sayings. Everybody in the league uses those things. What was your reaction when he said? I was like, no, 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 don't don't go there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, no, I mean, you hear what players say about him. You hear what Micah Parsons says about him. Everybody seems to love the guy. Um, But he's not somebody who's just going to do what they want. He's not just a yes man. Like, he will push them. Um, And, I mean, his his defenses, they've proved themselves over the years. so, yeah, I, I think his staff becomes incredibly significant, but I think leadership is a big piece of what they need right now. I think a lot of that, what we saw in Detroit, I think mm-hmm. this staff is building that kind of like that. Yep. Uh, Dan may not be the guy calling the plays on defense, mm-hmm. but I think Dan's influence is going to be heavily on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people that want to compare him to Ron, I, I watch on social media, people are like, he doesn't have any emotion, Ron. Yeah. Uh, he kind of looked like he checked out. I don't think this guy's going to be like that. I think no. Dan Quinn will be more like Dan Campbell. Yeah. No, I, you see how fired up he gets. I mean, he's really taking, taking every fiber within him to not curse and, like, run through a wall at that presser. <laughs> it was unbelievable. There was, so. a, there was a moment during the coaching search when I think a lot of us still believe Ben Johnson was kind of the leader, but we, 
we all started to hear this undercurrent of this could go a different direction, right? Mm -hmm. And I had this realization that we all thought kind of league-wide, but certainly in Washington, Mm -hmm. that the chase was for the next Kyle, the next McVeigh. And I think Mm -hmm. we're watching a shift league-wide. You look at Gerard Mayo, Mm -hmm. you look at Antonio Pierce. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're watching a shift in real time from the, okay, find the next hot OC to find the next Dan Campbell. Find the leader that these dudes will play their ass off for and then build from there. Yeah, it's a copycat league. Everybody says that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what they're doing now. You look, you, well, and they've also kind of run out of young guys to right, hire. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there's only one McVay. There's, right. You know, there's only one Mahomes. Everybody's going to, you know, scramble to try to find the next one, but it's very, very difficult. Um, but you look at the teams that are having success now, the Ravens, the Lions, they're led by guys who aren't calling plays. Mm-hmm. They're, I, they're capable of it, but they're not doing it, and they've built a good staff around them to do it. Um, and it works. So I think everybody's chasing this next model because it's been proven. If you look at Dan Campbell and you didn't know what, what what position he played in football, you wouldn't think anything offense, would you? No. You think he's a linebacker. You think, yeah, he's a <laughs> so, tight ends coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you when you look at anyone leading something, you look for who's more influential. Right. And I right. think that is what Peters and all are trying Because when he stated it's not necessarily offense or defense, we're looking for a leader. Right. He wants the person that can influence people. You know, yep. I would love to ask those guys that comment last year how guys were complaining about mm-hmm. working and it kind of like EB was kind of undercut in that situation, what they thought about something like that. I think they were like, let's not get a coach like that again. Well, I, how, how significant do you think this roster overhaul is about to be? Because I think it's going to be. I think it could be pretty significant. It may yeah. not happen instantly, but, I mean, Ron turned it over almost entirely, save for a few holdovers. Right. All the Pro Bowlers. <laughs> um, uh, right. But, yeah, I think it – and it needs to be significant. I think there are really only two players that contractually are a lock. Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne. Sure. Everybody else is fair game. You can trade John Allen. I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they should by any means. He's a fantastic player. But I'm just saying they're – there is a way to move these players. Um, nobody you could, is, you I mean, know, just straight guaranteed. contract stuff. It it really wouldn't even be a disadvantage to just start releasing dudes. Like, there's not a ton of, I mean, especially if you do some post June ones. Like, yeah, all that stuff I think is coming. I, I think it's going to look dramatically different. The one dude I, I've said this. I would be trying to lock up Cosme now because he's going into yeah. the last year of his deal. I think he's pretty good. I think if you get the deal done now, you get him. It, it, it's a win-win because it's team-friendly. You're going to get him below market. Yeah. But he's also ready to get some guaranteed money and probably yep. have 30 mil in his bank account or whatever that yeah. signing bonus is going to yeah, look like. He's going to tell him don't do that, though. I, I think <laughs> they probably want to see how he does in their scheme Yeah, and if he's a fit. Because, I mean, that the line is just so important. It always has been. It's always floored me that more teams don't invest heavily in the trenches because that's where it all begins. Um, so I, I think it depends on – they might want to see how he does this season. And, yeah, could it cost him more? Absolutely. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they're of the mind that, yeah, it's better off to, to get him locked up early. But, I mean, again, I, I think – They're staffed. They're probably – I mean, yeah. I, I get it. Um, we're talking with our friend Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. What are you doing out here? Are you the actual – so I am a PFWA member. I've mentioned that on the program. PFWA's Pro Football Writers of America. Um, the people that 
work at it and care a lot about it do a lot of good for just regular jackasses like me as far as guaranteeing locker room access and what coaches have to make available to us and players and all that stuff. Nikki is one of those people that does a lot with it. Um, is, there's a big meeting this week. I probably there won't come. Meeting. Spoiler yep. alert. Um, <laughs> but I do pay my dues every yeah, year. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, I'm VP of the PFWA. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it, a lot of this was done by legwork from folks like Lindsey Jones, who was the previous president, Calvin Watkins, who was the current president. They do a lot of the direct sort of, you know, but sort you of battling are league on access. But pool reporter for who? 49ers. So tell people what that means. So Wednesday through Saturday, they'll have practice. Um, they have one reporter assigned to each team, and that reporter watches the entirety of practice and gives. You get to watch all of it? I get to watch all of it. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I see everything they're working on. I can't report that. Sure. Like it's You have to. You I were there to sworn to secrecy. Sworn to secrecy, but I saw a lot of the plays that they ran in the Philly Patriots game because I covered the Patriots that year as a pool reporter. But yeah, it's very interesting. It's fun to do. You get to talk. I got to coaches wasted all week with Brian in nice. Minnesota. Yeah. It was a very similar. I mean, experience. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. We had fun in Minnesota. Yeah, but you're basically there to just relay information to like the thousands of reporters that are here because not everybody can attend. So you just it's very basic on just like. So what does AP you know, run all that stuff? Um, like, who, who's running? Obviously, your stories go in the post, but does AP yeah. get access to that for the week or what? Every reporter here does. The league sends it out. So the okay. PFWA and the okay. league work on that. So, gotcha. yeah, they send it out to every person every at the end of every day on injury reports, all that stuff. Who's covering the Chiefs? Uh, Peter King. Okay. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're covering, yep. the, you're covering the Niners. PK's covering the Chiefs. Yep. As you gear up for this game, what are you thinking? Now, you haven't watched the practice yet. You'll watch your first one tomorrow. They're probably off today, assuming it's a relatively normal schedule. Um, what are you thinking for this weekend? I don't – I kind of – I mean, I haven't told Kyle this, but I've done the pool reporter thing three times, and every team I cover loses. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> um, the curse of I, Maybe he can break the curse, um, <laughs> but <laughs> – I don't know. I'm kind of leaning Chiefs. They look really freaking good, yeah. which I didn't think I'd say that given how they looked earlier in the season with, you know, their, their offense was sure. kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, um, the defense kept them afloat. The defense is solid. They're really solid. Where's Chris Jones going to sign? And how much Great money? question. A lot of money. <laughs> I saw his agents in the, in the tunnel after the Ravens win. And I think – I think they're they're ready to get to yeah, free agency. I don't agency. I don't doubt that. I don't <laughs> doubt that. I think he's he's gonna need a Brinks truck. Um, all right, I want to come back to DC. They Cliff Kingsbury hire. Yep. What do you make of it, and what do you make of the intense speculation that will connect that with Caleb Williams? It's gonna be hell for me for three months. This is about me. Um, no, I mean it's it's inevitable. We're gonna talk about quarterback no matter what because they have the number two pick. Right. That is gonna be speculated about until the draft, no doubt. Um, yeah, sure. This intensifies it, no doubt, because he was at USC last year with Caleb. Um, but you know, I I get why they hired him. I'm I, no disrespect to Cliff. I'm I'm not totally sold on the hire yet. But on the flip side, I don't know who exactly would have been better at this one like I understand it I, I think he could be a good person to help the quarterbacks um I wasn't sold on his offense in Arizona but there were myriad factors going on there that wasn't solely him sure so but I heard also Kyler. well yeah. what you're gonna say Savannah uh, McCann said it this morning 
the air raid offense was run by Drake May. Exactly. Yeah, it's good for Sam Howell, too. So, So. (laughs) you know, it's not, you know. I think, I don't think Cliff should sniff a head coaching position again. I'm not sure his offense is the best. But what when going into this process, I wanted somebody that would develop this young quarterback. That's what I wanted in the head coach. Clearly, they went a different direction. Not that Quinn can't help mold a young player, but he's not a quarterback guy. And so then I thought the OC, it was vital that they hire somebody that speaks quarterback. I do think Cliff does that. Yeah. I mean, you get somebody who's worked with Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Caleb Williams now, Kyler Murray, like – He's got a long resume of some really top quarterbacks that he's worked with, and I, I, that's important. They know that. That's a priority, and it's clear in their hires. Um, I, uh, I did want to alert you, Nikki. I just got an email. Notice 2024 PFWA annual meeting, Friday, February 9th. In my defense, I would be there, but I'm on the air. Understandable. So, so you have my proxy vote. Okay. What are, the, what are we taking um, on this year? Uh, usual stuff, just going over access writing awards, scholarships, the usual. Cool. Um, but, you know, I'll vouch for you. I'll Thank tell you. them don't kick you out. You have my vote. You yeah. have my vote. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, um, honestly, the PFWA kicked ass during COVID. And that I've, I've been a member now for some time, but yeah. I was really impressed by the leadership during It that. was important to keep locker room I access. never thought I we were going to get back I didn't think I, honestly I, I was a little would, I was worried everybody was worried about it I mean I thought the league because they also had a CBA to get done yes was going to use yo we'll keep reporters out of locker rooms right. as a bargaining chip right but what we sleep on with this league as much as they make mistakes and the refs and blah 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 they understand the marketing vehicle that oh, the yeah. media provides for them. Oh, yeah. This Hell league yeah. is driven. I mean, every league is driven by the media rights money. They know it. They embrace it. They understand it. They don't love media. No league does. No player does, really. But they understand its importance. And to their credit, they, you know, they make sure to maintain at least some semblance of access, which I, we appreciate. These guys <laughs> all week get free PR hyping up their product on yep. Sunday. It, yep. It's it's really pretty remarkable. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I kind of think it's the felt- biggest sporting event in the world, really. Like, I mean, and the Olympics are coming up. And you think about how many people are at this Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know? it's wild. It, it really is. Um, are you going to give us a prediction? I know you don't like the prediction business. Oof. What would you rather give us a prediction on? Super Bowl or who they drafted number two? Yeah, Super Bowl, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick. Do you think they would trade up to one? I think anything is possible. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I think, tra- I'm tweeting that out. I No, I, I honestly right. think anything I'm is possible. I also think it's possible they possible. could trade back, too. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's totally out of the, you know, realm. I don't think anybody would like it. I would not, you know, push for that. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm gonna frame you know, it like there you're, is a world where it. they collect picks and collect Justin Fields and... Ooh. Um. <laughs> Just, but Nikki is advocating. I don't for guess we're going up. to. Uh, well, the Chiefs are playing. I mean, the Eagles are playing in Brazil. We may not be going to Brazil, Zippy. We don't know. We'll see. They got a one in nine chance. I don't know if they're going to put that. They shouldn't put the NFC East game in. I don't think they put a divisional game. Yeah, I don't but think we can wish for it. That'd be wild. <laughs> I, want, I, I think I it's my, want Paris when they add that one. Paris or London. That's kind of my I feel jam. like eventually the Commanders, the Washington, will get back on that international yeah, circuit. Yeah. Have you worked an overseas game? I was a 
about to, and then I came here. Denver got a London game, and then I came here. So I was about to go to the Rio Olympics, and then I got put on the NFL beat. So, like, I've been close on a lot of things. And yeah. I, Working that London game was awesome. Yeah. I, I do work for NBC. I will not be going to Paris, mm. but there is Milan in 26. Let's 26 go. Cool. I may go to Paris this year. Yeah? Who's paying well, you to go to Paris? I'm going to see my nephew play football. In Paris? He's in Paris now. He left. Flag? He left. No. Oh, Pope. this is the game. He left yeah, Germany. Yeah. So uh, I'll go visit him in Paris. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Why aren't we going to Paris? You want to go with me? Let's yeah, go I'll Paris. go to Paris. I've been to Paris once. It's a beautiful city. Um, so you won't predict number two. You say anything could happen, and you said the word Justin Fields. Did I hear that correctly? If they trade back, I think trading back is – I think anything's in play, seriously. Um I hope they don't do that, but there's always a possibility. Yeah. All right, so my tweet says, interesting from Nikki Jabala on commanders possibly trading up to number one. Okay. Anything can happen. Absolutely. A little shock. Is that that unfair? (laughs) Okay, sure. I'll I'll say, she says a trade back is also possible. Anything is possible. Anything. Staying Staying put is possible. Anything is possible. Boycotting the first round is possible. No, I'm not. <laughs> all right, it's going out. You can deal with all the replies. Um, Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> it's going out. You deal with them. Um, let's go. I'm going to – I want a high-scoring game. So I'm going to predict 34-27 to 27 Chiefs. 34-27 Chiefs. I am going to manifest a high-scoring game. So let's yeah, go. Yeah, a bunch of really good defenses. Listen, I know what I want. Let's go. All right, Nikki knows what she wants. There you go. She wants him to trade up to number one and take <laughs> Caleb Williams. You heard it here. I first. went to Carolina. So you want Drake May? No, I don't care. You've already care. covered a Tar Heel quarterback for a I year. I worry. How no. weird is that? How will Drake May? If that wants that would to be come? super awkward for them. But welcome to the NFL, you know. Yeah. Um, they have to learn how to deal with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, they don't seem too worried about it. I no. mean, they were at Carolina. Duke. They can go to the Duke game, you know, in the offseason right. together. So. Um. Thank you. You're busy. You're important. Appreciate I'm it. sure you have a lot to do. Thank you for making time for of us. Of course. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, do you want the Commanders to play in Brazil? We're going to explore that next. Don't go anywhere. It's be Bishop Finley. <laughs> I was watching Friday on my way here. I love that you were watching They that. got high. Sure did. That scene where Craig first gets stoned and that, <laughs> that, that, that like, little statue of a dog looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> B. Mitchell Finley live, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs Niners. Um, How much of this is a Mahomes legacy game, B? I I think this is a cement your legacy going forward type of game. Yeah, because I think you're looking at Pat. He probably is going to be back. And then again, we got to realize how, how long Andy's going to coach anymore after this. But I believe if he gets – he has two right now. If he gets three in his first, what, six, seven years, that's saying a hell of a lot, dog. Not a lot of guy. I mean, who has three? Montana. I think Tom. Tom, two, certainly. Three. Tom, Montana, yeah, but Aik- Aikman. But, but, see, the thing about him – He's uh, he's starting to go on that Tom level because he's cla- he, he's racking up stuff early. Well, I know you're a big Otto Graham guy. Does Otto Graham have three? Uh, I remember being at that one game he played. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't have no damn clue. I uh, forgive me if like Bart Starr or somebody. Uh, Staubach Bradshaw's got three. Yeah. 
I wonder if yep. – I don't know if Staubach does. Jeff, see if you can Google Super Bowl rings by quarterback. I know Aikman – Elway only got the two. Yep. I say only. Right. Um, he, he was – he won two, didn't he? He went to five, yeah. I think. But he won, won two. two. Yeah. Um, you got – you definitely have Bradshaw, Aikman, Brady. I mean, think about all these guys we think are so great. Uh, Favre got one. Rodgers mm-hmm. got one. Um, Aaron Rodgers has the same amount of Super Bowl rings as Trent Dilfer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just that's just the reality, dude. Um, uh, hey, guys, B. Mitch's childhood idol Otto Graham has zero Super Bowl rings, but he does have three NFL championships and four AAFC championships. See, so the, there's the, that. The NFL championship was actually the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't Man, think they not, had no. the Super Bowl Mm-mm. then. No, um, it's not a Super Bowl. All right. Um, B, what was your favorite part of Otto Graham's game? Um, the way he would arrive at the games. <laughs> he rode like horseback. And so other people, <laughs> other people rode horse and buggy. He rode horseback. Um, <laughs> I don't. How did we come up with the Otto Graham bit? Is it? It was Mad Dog's quarterback list or something? Yeah, he started to pull all those names out. I'm like, dude, nobody watching this damn show. Was born when half of those people were playing. Yo, shout out to who sent this? Jeff found the answer. Wow. Brady has seven, most ever, quarterback Super Bowl rings. Bradshaw has four. Joe Montana has four. Aikman's next with three. Then it's Mahomes, Elway, Bob Greasy has two. Eli Manning has two. Peyton has two. Jim Plunkett has two. Um, So Mahomes, you win another one? The air gets rare, man. Yeah. I think, and here's my thing with Mahomes. If they don't get it this year, I still think he gets a third. <laughs> Probably like, so. If, if I was to set an over-under on Super Bowl rings for his career at four and a half. I'd probably take the five. I'd take the over. It's hard to win them. It's hard to win them, but he's been in the four of the last five, right? Do you, uh, whatever, something like that. Do you think there's any chance Andy steps down? This after this year, after talking to Andy and watching him, Andy still seems like he loves what he's doing. He doesn't seem like one of those coaches. Like Andy is in his sixties, I think it is. I'll find out. I can see Andy. He's got to be in his sixties. I can see Andy like Pete Carroll. You got to run me up out of this joint. Well, and as long as they got so Andy's sixty-five, probably just started getting Social Security. Um, Landville, over under four and a half rings in his career for Mahomes. And as a starter, not talking I don't I think Bob Greasy didn't start one of those Super Bowls because I think when the seventy two Dolphins beat the Skins in that Super Bowl and they went undefeated, I thought like the backup started. I don't know enough. I was negative ten years old. You say Montana has four? Montana's got four. I thought Steve Young rolled in there and one of those. I think the Niners have five. Oh, okay. Um I think Montana they had a back-to-back stretch. He had the one, the catch year. I don't. I mean, I'm trusting Jeff's research. This is from BetMGM, so I tend to believe it. Um, the other guys on the list with two. So you've got Peyton and Eli, Bob Greasy, Elway, Jim Plunkett. Uh, Roethlisberger has two. Forgot about that because he won the one when he was almost a rookie, and the defense carried it, and then he won the one when they were pretty damn good. Roger Staubach. Yeah, he had like a 23 quarterback rating in that one they won when he was rookie. 
I mean, Peyton's second ring was about the same. Uh, that was the defense. Yeah, his, that second year was totally the defense. Now, your boy Bart Starr has two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I used to hang out with him, man. <laughs> you, him, and Otto go yeah, to the club? We used to hang out. <laughs> what you going to ride tonight? <laughs> ride my paint horse. I, did you actually watch Roger Staubach? Yes. Did you love him? I, I feel like people love that, dude. I, I, I used to cheer for them yeah. when he was the quarterback. Um. Landfill over under four and a half. Well, I, I rings. ride the Palomino on the nights I went out with Oado. <laughs> I need a picture of B. Mitch and Richmond John. I, we need a picture of B. Mitch and Otto Graham riding horses to a, a club. A paid horse at the Palomino. Please. Um, Landini, over under four and a half rings for Mahomes before it's all said and done. I mean, it seems ridiculous to say that anybody is going to win three more Super Bowls, but I feel like Mahomes is kind of a lock to win three more Super Bowls. This guy's he's just significantly better than anyone else in the league. its I mean, it's not even close. And the guy's still, I mean, he's not even 30 yet. I don't even think he turns 30 for several more years. I, I He's, he's going to win three more. It's going to happen. Um, I, I mean, you're right. To suggest that is bananas. Oh, yeah, I think this dude's going to win three more Super Bowls. Now, it does help that he's in one this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's not at least one more appearance is, 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 is a lock. Um, I wonder if we'd have to go to five and a half before we get people to take the under. Jeff, where are you at on four and a half for Mahomes? Take the over, man. We're watching greatness right now. And one thing I like to see, I like to see, you know, younger guys performing and chasing those greats. We're going to see the over. Would so all of us are going over on four and a half. We think he's gonna have five rings. Yeah. Would anybody, if I make it five and a half, where are you going, B? Hmm. I, I think I'll go. I'm thinking like five or six. Five. The number's five and a half, sir. So you're going under. Yeah. We found one that people will go under on. Uh, Landini, where are you at on? Five and a half rings for Mahomes. But the fact that you're going under, he might go get eight, knowing him. <laughs> uh, I would also go under. I think five is the number. By the way, uh, Bart Starr, who Beamish played against in high school, uh, five <laughs> NFL championships, two Super Bowls. Damn. So it, it, that's basically seven. Yeah, but really they it's They just started two. calling it a Super Bowl. It's the same damn thing as a championship. But what about Johnny Unitas? Ain't get a chance to hang out with Johnny. No? Johnny didn't like hanging out. We were too wild. He likes to go home early, like Johnny. You. Johnny was late. Johnny back. wanted to go home early, like you did. I do. I, I, God, God forbid, I go home at midnight. Johnny <laughs> Unitas, three NFL championships, one Super Bowl. Um, Pat Mahomes turns twenty nine in September, so he's not even, not even twenty nine. Um, there is a. I read a uh, biography on Johnny Unitas, and a tremendous line that just shows you what a G Sonny Jurgensen was. Uh, Sonny and Johnny were friends and kind of rivals, right? And Unitas was just on significantly better teams. Those Colts teams were loaded, and the Skins teams had, like, among the league's worst defenses year after year after year. Uh Um, And Johnny Unitas owned a restaurant in Baltimore called the Golden Arm. And Sonny used to go up there regularly, and he'd have dinner with Johnny, and he would always say, hey, I really appreciate you naming your restaurant after me. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good line, dude. Um, Sonny was that dude. He's that dude. Yeah, he is that dude, man. Um, I don't know. I how... heard more stories about Sonny than I did by John Riggins. Really? It tells you Sonny was around and people hung around a long time. They, yes. Wow. Now, <laughs> I know that Sonny quit drinking later on. Yeah, but before he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, before he did. 
All right, we're going around the room on this one. Jeff, you start. The Eagles will play their season opener on a Friday night in Brazil. Now, I think we should go to that game. I, I mean, I would love to go <laughs> to that, that game. We go to that game and we fly back for the, for the, the Commanders game after that. Sao Paulo time zone. We're going to do a little research here. Sao Paulo is in what? Landville, help me out. GMT3. Right now in Sao Paulo, it is. They're two hours ahead of us here in the East. They're two hours it ahead like. of the East Coast. Yeah, it looks like. Okay, so that game will probably kick off around 9 o'clock Sao Paulo time, so it's 7 o'clock on the East eight. Coast. It's eight, 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 eight something now, isn't it? Huh? It's it, eight something on the East Coast. So you think they're going to have that game kick off at 10 o'clock local in Sao Paulo? No, no, it's going to be eight something on the East Coast. It's behind us. No, I think he's saying ahead, right, Landville? Yeah, Sao Paulo, it's 3.40 in the afternoon in right. Sao Paulo. It's 3.40 in the afternoon in Sao Paulo. It's 1.40 in the afternoon in D.C. So they're going to have to kick that. If they want an mm. 8 o'clock kick for the East Coast audience, they're kicking that thing off at 10 o'clock at night. Yo, there's going to be some drunk people at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Me and A.D. went to that Colorado-Colorado State game at 10 o'clock at night. A.D. had to drive. Um, By the way, a quick trivia about the NFL championship game. How many NFL championship games, not Super Bowls, do you think the Giants lost? NFL championship games that the Giants lost. Five. No, I bet there weren't that many teams for a while. So it could be like 25. 13. Damn. That's a lot. The next closest is nine with the Bears. That's the worst. Who was on those Giants teams? Landfill, any of B's former teammates? Apparently, yeah. Apparently. Sam Huff, right? Yeah. And Sam was a good dude to hang I out believe, with. I believe. Actually, I did hang out with Sam because Sam was in D.C. when I got there. Well, he likes smoking yeah, cigars. Yeah, I hung out with Sam. Um, Brian, were you the halfback on Y.A. Tittle's first title team? Or, or were you, no, I played were you the slot. backup? I played slot, slot. Okay. yeah. yeah. I, I believe that Giants quarterback was Y.A. Tittle. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I do not know, but I believe Y.A. Tittle was involved. Can you confirm that for me, Landfill? Y.A. Tittle, zero NFL championships. You hate Tittle to see that. it. Tittle yeah, I, that. I can tell you why. He was hanging out a lot. He didn't throw seven <laughs> touchdowns in a game, though. Damn. And back then, too. But he somehow has uh, more interceptions in his career than touchdowns. Not great. Yeah, but I think Nolan Ryan's given up more home runs than strikeouts or something, and he's a dog. Um, all right, here's what I can tell you, B. Apparently, a flight to Sao Paulo from D.C., if you want nonstop, is about $1,600. Um, and Stop, it's, my man. We're going PJ. Sold. It's a kind of a long flight. Yeah. Nine hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have nice little libations and stuff on. It'll be all right. Do you think the commanders get that game? The opener? I don't think they're going to have. They have one game in Brazil this year? Yes. I don't think they're going to have the Eagles and the commanders playing in Brazil. Landfill? That's that's a game I believe they want to give to if you're playing like a, a division game, you need to be at home if it's a home game. Yeah, I don't think it'll be there either. I mean it's only one and nine shot. Jeff. I wanted to be you know what? I'm gonna say yes. Because you wanna go, huh, Jeff? Nah, just off the fact that it's just so much stuff happening around our organization right now. They they probably be like, hey, maybe we put the commanders on this game in Brazil. 
J-Dogs forever. I'm with Jeff. We're all going to Brazil. Brasilia. It's only nine hours and $1,500 away. You're listening to me, Mitchell Finley. You're going for work. You'll be all right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.